0: Oh yeah. All right, here we are. Why oh yeah cuz we got the red hot team here. How you know, I'm figuring you're doing alright. I I don't think I've ever asked Scott how you doing and him give me bad numbers. How you doing?
1: Three star? Started yeah. doing well.
0: Three star how they doing?
1: Three stars are doing well. Uh, 15 of my last 18 three-star baseball players
0: have won. Now, you would think 15 out of 18, how do you do better? He doesn't even rate to be on this list amongst you guys today. But we wanted to give him a little love.
1: The two stars, not so much. But when I'm really sure of a play, that's when you jump in.
0: Hey, listen, I'm a low-volume player myself. I like to be sure. That's why, as you see, AJ, the money just keeps flowing this way. (laughs) It's like a constant flow. I see that. Until I lose. And it's not. But it's been hot. Fez has been hot, by the way. He's one of the guys. He's up 32 units in May. I mean, May, it's, a, it's only half over. <laughs> it's NBA. Barely two weeks. He's 29 in eight. 29 winners, eight losers, up 32 units. Now, A.J. Hoffman, he's up 16 units. That's half as much. But that's good.
2: And it's my off season.
0: He's winning during the offseason. season. Yeah you got a long off-season, but still, up 16 units. I'm trying then, to work on that. I've been doing some baseball. I've been dabbling. It's been going well. That scares me. Is that part of this? Is yeah. this but you're cherry-picking. Oh, yeah. I like Very that. Very low volume. I like that. Up 16. And Mackenzie Rivers, the best NBA record over the last two years. And it's, it's, it's almost incomprehensible. He's like, what is it now? Like if you could do the two years, it's like 56.5%. That's right. How do I know that? <laughs> Because he keeps repeating it in my ear. But <laughs>
3: I'm telling you, it's a, and we're talking what? Like, uh, let me think. 550 plays? 300 plays last year. Yeah, 200 plays this year. 500-something 500, 500 plays. Fez, if I would have said that McKenzie was going to be that good at the NBA, what would you have said? No way. It's all—I
0: mean, like you would have— No, if, I said no way about anybody. As I say, any human in the world. Yeah, there. I mean, it's really under-discussed. Under well, except for him discussing it. But with <laughs> everyone else, it's under this. No, he actually doesn't do that either. All right. Now, what do, you, what do you get a chance to get? Now, the pregame salespeople came up with such a good deal that I had to sit and say, can we even add to it? And we are, but let's first appreciate how good this deal is. All right. You can get the rest of May, which is almost two weeks. Right? Or it's two weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. 31st. Some are saying over two weeks, I'm seeing here. But let's call it two weeks. All right. Now, how much does two weeks typically cost? Well, you can get a week for 119. That's the standard week. We sell enough weeks to buy me a yacht every year. I'll be honest with you. We sell a lot of weeks. Because, I mean, you're in the sales meetings, AJ. A lot of weeks are sold. Oh, yes, sir. I've never been on this yacht.
4: No, I'm saying hypothetically. He could. He well, hasn't Lake, bought one. Lake Mead has been down.
0: No, no, I just don't. That's because you took your yacht out. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) He said, should it be the mansion? Should it be the yacht? Okay. But what I'm saying is this is a, there used to be a store called Best, B-E-S-T, in the Midwest. And they would have like electronics in the early 90s and it would say, regular $799 for $89. Damn. And at one point I suspected that maybe they were inflating those, the, the retail price little bit. What I'm telling you when I say 119 for a week, it gets sold big time every week. So this is a legit number. We're going to give you 2 weeks for 99.
4: Wait a minute. Cheaper? Yeah. That so math doesn't work.
0: It, it's like double the time and it's still less than the one week price. So
4: that's like I get the big jumbo size cereal and it's like 3.99 and like that the normal size is 4.99. Well, it would be like if it was double as big <laughs> Yeah. And less, exactly. Huh. Okay, now, that's
0: available for everyone, for every pro. So you go to pregame.com, you go into buy picks, and discounted subscriptions. You hit that, and you see it. Now, by the way, if you haven't ever bought anything before, you can get a $25 new member discount on top of that just by signing up, and it's free to sign up, no obligation. That's easy. It takes like 60 seconds or less. But I can't just let you guys not get anything extra. And I looked, and I said, let me see. I did pretty well on the SATs. What is the similarity here? Fezzik? I'm looking at the list. A.J. Hoffman, McKenzie. And then it dawned on me. They're all on this pod. So what I want to incentivize everyone to do, and in this way I seem like a good guy to these guys, is let's get a second one of these three. So we're going to give you 25 additional percent off, which is crazy, if you buy two of the pros. And you know what? It should be two of these three, but in truth, you can buy two of any. All right, I'll just be honest. This is about you, and I'm. It's going to be a twenty five percent coupon. So what that effectively means, you get twenty five percent off both of them. That means you're getting the second one at half price if you think about it. All right. So and if you wanted to, you could buy a third or a fourth and still get the twenty five percent off all of them. It's up to you. But let's be realistic. Most people are going to want two. Most people are going to want one of you two or U3, two or U3, and all you do is use Dream 25 as a coupon. So it's a crazy good deal to start. It's literally double the time but half the price. That's pretty good. It's really good. Well, it's not really half the price. It's double the time but less price might be the way to say it because it goes from 119 to $99. So if,
4: they, if I give out NFL picks, they get that.
0: They come on up. I don't even like the sound of that. That seems like they're getting too much. But either way. If I give out season win totals by the end of this month, they'll get that. I'm getting Logie right now because of all the computations because it's late. So I'm going to say how they can have what they want. I don't care. I got my yacht. Dream 20- <laughs> But I don't now. I no, think about it. You could. I, maybe. Dream 25. That's a coupon. But if you only want one, you get it for 99 Show's pretty damn good. So I'll just say that to the show, all right. Oh, we gotta do the the fresh. All right, so hello you're fresh. Your Whatever happens here, stays here. Vegas. The schedule is out, and we're gonna break it down. Is it something to worry about, like everyone says, or is this just another example of the media leading us astray, and we can fade it? We got Fez here to help us with that in the NFL. We got AJ Hoffman who did an interesting study on how do draft choices in the NBA affect the have-nots, the Spurs. They won the uh, lottery, right? Won the lottery. Who got second? The uh, Charlotte Hornets. That's Michael needs a little bit, more, a couple more draft choices. Michael's on the way out. Well, he'll be on the way out with billion, a billion or <laughs> so in his pocket, a billion in his pocket. And we got Scott Seidenberg and Mackenzie Rivers. Rumor is, and I'm not going to make a big deal about this until I find out for sure. Rumor is he's investing in a pizzeria. Mackenzie, yeah, 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 it's pretty. I mean, let's just say this: he, when I found out about it, admit it, Mackenzie, you didn't want me to find out. No, local. Cool. See, that's, that's a whole other thing. Uh, we'll get to it. Not today, though. Not today. Because the water sucks in
4: Vegas. Uh, I've heard that well, the he, pizza's he, no good because he bad flown of bad water. in from New York like drama. You should
0: probably
1: ask my advice. You know, it's not... I, I ran a store for about 18 years, so...
4: But see, here's the thing. Here's, nah, he'll do it. Here,
0: no, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's, oh, yeah. <laughs> here's it. Now, look, it's, it, it, the website's up. McKenzie River. I, it's, uh, he's the, uh, th- there's been this kind of real soft denial... Like oh it's not me how's that me I don't know I don't know we'll I've get... eaten there you have mm-hmm. did he comp you no exactly just t- tell him you know me this mm-hmm. is in the hockey stadium
2: yeah right? it's in uh uh on Water Street
0: well, he said location 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 <laughs> It's all about <laughs> it's all a good location now
4: that's a hip. but uh, I mean, Water Street
0: old Henderson like I said he's doing a, I mean when he misses when he's a day late with the work for me at least it's for good reason mm-hmm. at least it's for good reason okay now. We are going to get into the schedule. We're going to get into the NBA. We're going to talk about Embiid, all the big, big stories. Okay, so we'll start with the king of sports, NFL, right now, especially batting for sure. Fez, you're going to talk, and you recorded a few minutes of this uh, before I came in, so we're going to go to that in a second. But just general, and then we're going to go into specifics with me of these teams. How much attention do you pay to the schedule? How important do you think it is?
4: This release. It's very important. All right. And here's why. And, it, and it's become very more important than it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Because it used to be, how important was it in reference to season wins? And it, was, it mattered, but it wasn't all that significant. What's changed? What's changed is that more and more books are dealing each and every NFL game, and they're already doing it, and multiple books. So you can bet on week seven. You can bet on every game week 12. And so, if you can um, so you're saying
0: the, you get the. If you're handicapping all 272 or whatever games, this gives you insight you need to handicap.
4: Exactly right. So who cares if if Week Eight Jacksonville is one horrifically bad spot for their season win number? But you know what? Now Jacksonville, and this is a real life example, they play two games in London, back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. Then they come home, and then they play a Thursday game at the Saints. I like the Saints plus one in that game a lot.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So they play a Thursday game after two weeks in London.
4: Two weeks in London. Then they come home. They play one home game. Jacksonville does. I wish, I wish the Thursday game was... But they play one game at home, but then they go and they play a Thursday game. So we know Thursday games are challenging to begin with, but this is a really I'm not sure if I agree
0: with you there. Because here's my thinking in that spot. Them being over... It's early in the season, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, weeks four, five, six, mm -hmm. seven. Okay. And they get a second camp that whole second camp idea and what mike lombardi said and i think i know he's right is everyone thinks training camp, he said, is uh, a bonding. He goes, it's not. There's a bunch of guys there that aren't going to be there, Mm. right? And then when you finally get cut down to the guys that are going to be there, the season's starting and and training camp's broken, right? Because remember, they got the cuts now. Where It's not like back in the old days, they used to cut to like 55 or whatever, 58, and then they cut like five or seven guys the last week. Now it's like that last cut's a massive cut. And... It does strike me that if a team just made the playoffs, surge at the end of the year, they start the season, go for a bonding trip, come home, now have a chance to rest and be home, play one game and go on the road. I'm not sure fatigue's a big part because they haven't traveled. But when they fly mm, that's back, a
4: good, that's, a good, that's a good point, and yeah. I like that bonding aspect. And we've seen that with the Niners for years. I like spent spend a week, an extra yeah. week on the East Coast. That that, that thing's could, usually yeah, yeah. So maybe or that oh the Greenbrier, towns. Greenbrier.
0: Yeah, in Pennsylvania they did that too, but mm. it was Youngstown, yeah, yeah.
4: Yes, um, yeah, you're, you're you're right. So maybe that wasn't the best example. You know, better example is is you know Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the Chiefs, but weeks twelve through seventeen, every game they play, weeks twelve through seventeen, they have less rest than their opponents. I don't wow. even see how that's possible. But you do understand that. See, that's
0: interesting. So people will find people with media aspirations will find different angles that they are unique to them. or not unique to them, but they kind of sell it with more vigor than anyone else. And then they all of a sudden want those angles to be important. History says that, you know, I'll give you the numbers on it after, uh, it'll be good when we're listening to your playback, I'll be able to calculate them. But my re- recollection is the sh- rest disadvantage is not a major issue as much as people think it I is. I
4: agree with you, but I think when you stack it, like Buff, like in this case, Kansas City has three Monday night games mm-hmm. in the final six weeks of the season. At some point, all these, sun- these Monday night games and then you have to play on Sunday against an opponent has to catch up to you somewhat.
0: Well, back to Lombardi, he made another point, which is Um, any night game is something the teams don't like. In general, if they're getting profile when they haven't before, like Detroit getting it in the opening game, they're going to like that, kind of. But in general, a Patriots, a Chiefs, would rather play at 1 o'clock on Sunday because they keep routine. Routine, yeah. So in a weird way, I think you're right. Like two straight uh, Sunday night, or, or let's just say night games, followed by what do you think? Where's the advantage? Do you think it's then followed by
4: a normal game or followed by like a, a third
0: night game? Like where do you see the edge being? The,
4: well, the very worst disadvantage is mm-hmm. they have a Monday night game mm-hmm. and the Bengals have a Saturday game so, and then they play the next Sunday.
0: All right. So
4: let's listen
0: to some of your conversation that is more abstract about this and then we're going to get into s- specifics, including – There's, I think, three teams that have three straight road games, and I've got a little trend on that one that you guys might like. Let's listen up.
2: All right, Fezzik, the NFL uh, schedule release has come and gone. We know who's playing where and when, and we kind of talked about this in theory last week, like what are some things that we're looking for. Well, now that the schedules have been released –
4: Who's got, who's got it good? Who's got it bad? What are we looking at? So let's take a look at rest, net rest, you versus your opponents, because this was not known at all, the order that they're going to stack it. Now, this has a a shortcoming, and the shortcoming is that if you play against a lot of teams that are coming off a bye, that's obviously bad. But this magnifies it, because does it really matter if you play an opponent that has 14 days to prepare or 11 days or 16 days? I would argue it's all about the same, so I probably should cap this. But uh, the 49ers— have a net rest differential of minus 20. That's a, that's a pretty bad number, as is the LA Rams, minus 17. So that's a really bad number there. Kansas City, minus 13. To the good, let's look at, at some plus numbers. I'm sorry I didn't uh, sort this uh, because I've got di- multiple different things to talk about. Uh, Cleveland's a uh, plus 10. Uh, ooh, the Bears are plus 12. Uh, Tennessee's plus 11. Washington's plus twelve. Now all these bad teams have an intrinsic advantage because they typically don't play on Monday night football. So they don't get that short week where they play Monday and then they wheel back and play on Sunday. But there are some winners and losers. But I gotta I gotta be honest. I gotta go ahead and really roll up my sleeves and look at because all rest differentials are not the same. I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are not gonna win the Super Bowl because of the schedule. All right. The Chiefs got screwed beyond belief. Let me make my case. So Kansas City, in the middle of the season, they play divisional rivals. So they play the Chargers. This is from memory. Then they play at altitude in Denver. The week after, they have to go to Germany Mm -hmm. to play Miami. So think about that. You're playing at altitude in Denver. And then you got to go all the way to, like, Hamburg or Frankfurt or wherever that, Copenhagen. Okay, that's not in Germany. You get the idea. Uh, That's a really, really bad spot for Kansas City. But, you know, it's the first bad spot of many because then weeks 12 through 17, Kansas City, every one of those games, has a rest disadvantage. They have three Monday night games where they have to wheel back on Sunday so they have one day less rest than their opponents I believe they have to play one game where their opponent actually plays on a Saturday. So they have two days less of rest, not to mention they're playing opponents that play on Thursday or have a bye week. So the last five or six weeks of the season there, weeks 12 through 17, Kansas City, and each and every one of them has a rest disadvantage. I think that's too much to overcome.
1: How much do you factor in travel as a part of the schedule? For example, the Seahawks by far have the most travel in the NFL this year. Well, it's every year, isn't it? Yeah, 31,600 miles or 36 time zones. The least amount of travel is the Cincinnati Bengals, only 11,942 miles and only 12 time zones.
4: So I looked at this and I don't think the Bengals have any significant advantage because what does it matter if I fly 12,000 or 12,5 12, or 13,6 or 14,5? Mm-hmm. Those are all like 12,000, 15,000. I mean, heck, you can fly 3,000 miles. How, how fast does a jet go? 600 miles an hour?
1: So, Three thousand miles is like a six-hour flight.
4: Yeah, so it's like five, an extra five. It's like an extra six hours of of, of, I think of the, flight
1: time. But, but, but the, the time zones. I think the, the time, time zones,
4: zones matter, and that's obviously going to the, the ones with the most travel are going to go through the most time zones. So I. So it's really on the negative side. I don't think there's. A, I don't think it's so positive for the Bengals. I think it's very negative for Seattle, for San Francisco, for the LA teams. Mm-hmm. But I
1: remember this like 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 for for the Lions. The Lions only they have the fewest time zone differences. They have eight time zones this year. I just remember last year it being a big—the reason why one of my favorite bets last year was over on the Jets. Remember, it was like five and a half, and then mm-hmm. we kept on going over and over and over. And it was because the travel situation was so beneficial for the Jets where I, I believe—I don't think they played a game—they played maybe one game outside the Eastern time zone. Like, they were always—they they didn't have to go anywhere— outside of the Eastern time zone last if, year.
4: If you're in Chicago, you'd rather fly to Dallas than to fly to New York or Denver because you'd rather yeah. stay in your own time zone. That makes sense to me. I mean, I I, I think it's probably a little overrated, but it's like, I, all things being equal, it's got to be negative to fly more miles. But like I said, I do think... When one team's flying thirty-one thousand and most teams are flying twelve to eighteen thousand, I'm not going to put a big red star, gold star, on the twelve thousand team. I'm going to put a big red flag on the thirty-one thousand team specifically. Uh, you know, the one we didn't talk about was the Jets. Jets have oh no, San San Francisco. Was San Francisco
1: my, is the second most travel miles. Yeah,
4: San Francisco and Seattle are the two worst. The two LA teams.
1: Miami's Miami. Miami. Miami's
4: yep. no, the number three. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the Rams, then the Chargers, as far as the least travel. Bengals, Packers, Bears, Panthers, Vikings, Lions.
4: But the disparity on those bottom five is way worse versus the average than the disparity on the best five. Everybody, you know, the average is like 19,000, the worst is like 31,000, and the best is 12,000.
2: Interesting scheduling quirk for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm curious what kind of an advantage you think this is, Fez. The Buffalo Bills will not play... Road games in back-to-back weeks at all this season is that a pretty big edge in your mind? Not really. I
4: okay. mean, it, I, I I think it's
2: because little... I mean I hear always hear you say well the back-to-back road trips it's like a it, and it's a negative. So mm. the fact that there's not a back-to-back road trip feels like it's got to be a positive.
4: Yeah, it's probably worth an extra minus half a point. Okay. So half a point. Remember, thirty-five points is worth the win. So it's worth one seventieth of a win to have to have go back-to-back road. There's got to be other stuff that's more significant than that.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I think there's uh there's trends that have to do with like road road versus, you know, home home things like that. So yeah, no road road is is definitely a positive.
4: Sure. And, and you know, and, and a couple other things I'll look at is when the preseason schedule comes out. There's only three preseason games. So any team that like has to play their last two games on the road in preseason, there'll be a few of them. That's a big negative. Um one thing I need to look at is any projected playoff team it doesn't matter on season wins. Don't like to finish the year on futures road, road, because your chance of making it all the way through the wild card, if you're a wild card team, it really goes down if you have to play, like, now you're going to have to play five straight road games to get to the Super Bowl.
2: Why do you think it's a big negative
4: to play your last two preseason games on the road? Um, Because now you're, um, you're still getting on an airplane, so now, boom, you're going to... Play four four of your first five or five of your first eight on the road if I count those two games, and it's just um, more more air miles that are un- unnecessary. I'd but rather be you know I'd rather have everybody be able to stay home the week before the season starts. Well, you got to remember now there's a week between. Week yeah, three I, of the I stand cor- I stand corrected. It's so so it's probably a non-factor. Yeah, there's yeah. now a week a week. I didn't off. know they were still doing that. Yep, why so- do they
2: do that? That's I don't know. Yeah, I all mean, right. I think that's probably what, when it was agreed on, like when yeah. the players agreed all to right. do three three game preseason and add the extra game. They said, "Okay, we'll give us a week off." Roseanne,
4: Roseanne, and And never mind. Okay.
2: So yeah, you,
4: you, <laughs> you get that. Uh,
2: you do get that break.
4: Is That before your time, Scott. No.
1: Good. Since 2015, road road 48.8 percent cover.
2: So, not having road road. That's a positive. That
1: is a positive. Yes. So playing against the road road team has been profitable.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, actually. No, playing against the road team has lost less money.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you Unless go. you're shopping
4: like Fez, then it's probably been profitable.
2: Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. And just a uh, a little housekeeping, Fez. You were mentioning some uh, some numbers in the NFC West. The the Elevens are gone now uh, on San Francisco. Ten uh, point eights. Like it's they've they've gone the way of the dinosaur Elevens have, and the Rams. Are now they're down from seven and a half to a, a lot of six point fours. So uh, a lot of pessimism on the Rams.
4: And, and I'm going to use a poker analogy that the poker players that make the most money do so by playing the really soft games and pounding those. Now I know the limits are higher in the NFL season wins than the college football market, and there's more places dealing them. But you're looking at the wrong market right now. The college football. Uh, the portfolio that college football professionals have put together on season win numbers is truly staggering how much money not maybe not how much money, but what their win rate is going to be. And they're just laughing at us. It's like, eh, you got your Rams under seven and a half, fine. You know, it's a good bet. But those are so few and far between, and you're just desperately trying to find a fifty-eight percent bet as opposed to finding a one hundred percent bet like Colorado under five and a half wins. Which um, I've used that as an example. Okay, it's not 100, yeah. percent but you get the idea that um, those bets are just so good. Same with games of the year. I mean, I'm I, I bet like 50 NFL games of the year, maybe 30, 30 to 50, and they're all off by like a point and a half, two points. But like, there's college football games of the year that are off by 10 points. So why don't I bet like only college football games of the year? Because I'm an NFL specialist. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know which ones are off. Okay, I'm back.
0: Good stuff from Fez. Good stuff. Now, three straight road games, another factor. We got five teams meeting that criteria. Baltimore in the third game being in week six. Titans week 11. Week 15 for the Denver Broncos. Carolina week 14. We're reversing it now. And the Giants
3: (laughs) week 11.
0: But is it alphabetical order? No, it's not alphabetical order. So what is the order? The order
3: that it was... Uh, on the, the website that I took the information from. Okay. Random. I'm not sure why there has to be an order for it to matter. What, huh? I'm not I, I, sure why oh. it's so hysterical that it was week 6, week 11, week 15, week 14, week 11. Well, I don't get it. Well, maybe that's why you're in the position you're in.
0: <laughs> I mean, What do you mean? When you're on air, people are trying to follow it. <laughs> and,
3: and I don't think it's egregious, but it was unusual when it reversed itself. Yeah, maybe funny. Maybe not hysterical.
0: Yeah, and, and I think if it wasn't for the first two being three being in order, it wouldn't have been as funny. Yes. right. If he would have started random, you would have said, oh, random.
4: But this way it was six, 11, 15. Like now, week do, you 16. Expect,
0: do you expect 14 to be next? I,
4: I, I, would, I would have, at that point, probably laid minus like 800 that I would have gotten. It was chronological. Thanks, Faye.
3: Thanks, Faz. <laughs> they don't even get that. That's an hour from now. Oh,
0: that's a good point. So, you know, guys, we time shifted a good argument. And what I just said is hilarious. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh now, you'll get it later. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. But so some, inside baseball. <laughs> but somehow you were able, you were able to catch that, but you didn't think that knew the 14 came before 15.
3: I'm 50 <laughs> okay, 50.
0: All right. So Here's what I'll say about the road games, and I've done some work on this, the three straight, and I'm going to have a play next week on this because I want to really refine it, one of these games. But in general, later in the year, it's a tougher spot. Fatigue, right? Which makes sense, right? You get tired. But we were looking at another situation that we promised to run for them, which is what when, what happens when there's a deficiency in rest compared to the opponent in a given game? Well, after week 10... It's actually winning. If you're minus two days or more after week 10, you win.
4: Makes no sense.
0: But I think it maybe does, because, because yeah. we've talked a lot, or I've heard different people, different people talk about this one, which is teams that have a tough spot on their schedule, they know it. They're not blind to it. They prepare in the offseason. Or during their bye week. Bye week, offseason. I mean, remember, right? they got a long time. In, I mean, most of this is coaching, mm-hmm. meaning once they can install, it doesn't take a long time to install something new. It's coach looking at the tape and deciding what to do with it. So, like, for example, I think the Eagles playing the Patriots in week one advantage Patriots because Eagles and, and this is something we should be thinking about with the Eagles. they last year they had a phenomenon, especially early that they did better in the first half, right? Yes, and I think that makes sense because people were unfamiliar familiar with the offense, and then during the game, it was like, oh, this is new, but even by the second half, they start catching on a little bit. What we saw, too, was the second matchup they didn't do as well mm-hmm. when it was a division game or whatever. We've seen this with Lamar and the Steelers. The Steelers yeah. defend Lamar a lot better than they used to because, <laughs> again, now you're playing him for the 12th time. or You're, you're on to it. I mean, again, Lamar's good, but
4: it's, some of it's this, the unfamiliarity, the novelty of the approach. Gets into playoffs, plays someone who played him before, like the Chargers, whole different game. Exactly. So now,
0: in general, your division rivals, you're going to play the most you're going to play your conference rivals next and out of conference every 4 years except for the cro- one crossover game now, right? Mm-hmm. So when Philly plays out of conference, I think we even now when these teams are, might be seeing them for the first time probably are, I think they have a better edge. Th- those are the first half bets I think.
1: How do we feel about trend like uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is is taking this information and using it for the Colts? Because the idea is now they're going to be running an offense that's unfamiliar to the teams in their division, and it might take a half to catch up. And we've seen Steichen not make adjustments as we saw the Eagles let other, you know, the offense wasn't as effective in the second half. Do we think that the Colts maybe are a first-half
0: team? I like that, but now the Catch-22 is a new rookie quarterback, has adjustments of his own. Sure. So, so we I, need to
4: wait six weeks for the Colts to yeah. understand their own but, offense. But <laughs> yeah, so I
0: think it, to some degree, when we see life in the Colts offense, the first bet's going to be first halves against unfamiliar teams that they haven't played yet that year. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I do. I think that's a good point, actually.
2: Eagles, AFC opponents, the AFC East, and the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Ah, oh, so that, when do they play the Bills?
2: Uh, looks like week... 13-ish?
0: Late. The week right after they play Kansas City. Oh, you'll be crying that time. Probably. So so you said something interesting. The the Bills don't play two straight home games or two straight road games. They play two straight home games one time. And no two straight road games the whole year? No. Wow. So this is now – the home game is for the AFC this year? Yes. Okay. How much does that account – how much do you account for that with your over-unders?
4: It's worth – if you f- figure home field it'd be worth 2 mm-hmm. all right so mm, so they get so they get two extra points uh 35 points is a win so that's like 0.05 of a win
0: .05 so 5 cents so yes 5 cents okay so are you playing a- so you got to play uh under NFC you like more exactly but what about the weak strength of schedule in the NFC
4: that's a fact strength schedule's factor also i just yeah. wish
0: it all lined up yeah Like the Seattle game, if only like Seattle, or not the game, the season, it all lined up. Rams are crap. Now the 49ers, I've been hearing this. I haven't seen the exact numbers. Apparently their win total dropped like a, a lead balloon.
4: Yeah, it's it's part of that's because there's variance in what the Niners' season win number was at different places. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind so, of.
0: If so there was variance and that variance gets taken away, that means yes, yeah, so the unders got taken out. All and the they,
4: 11 abs are gone, though, right? And now it's like 11s with some 10 abs popping up. Yeah, so, 10 halves, yeah.
0: So what we're saying is from the season beginning, of, from the openers, all right, the the uh, 49ers opened 11.3, mm-hmm. all right, and now they're at 10.8 is what we're considering the market. Yep. That's a half a game drop. Uh, and, and a good bit of that's come since the schedule release. Yes. W- what
4: do you think drove that? I think it's uh, this number, the... The rest days for San Francisco is worst in the league. They're minus twenty. All right. So a- across the whole season, they have a deficit of twenty days of rest. Yes, and they're tra- there's, they have to travel the second most miles. So there's Which like is
0: general because of the location. Like right.
4: Seattle is always the most. So we're stacking two really like bottom five parameters for the same team in different categories.
0: Okay. Um, and Seattle. Uh, uh, I guess I'm just particularly interested in them obviously is uh how do you think this well maybe let's run through some teams what other teams do you think had noteworthy schedule situations and what I can do why don't we start with the teams with the biggest movement so this is the movement since the schedule release so this was in theory in reaction to it the ravens been upgraded by a third about a third of a game 0.3 games they're up to 10 now 10 flat or 10 Flat, even, however you want to say it, minus 110, minus 110. Um, Why do you think that is? Do you agree? What's your thoughts? I don't think it's schedule related. It just happened to happen right when the schedule was being. Released? I think it. I think it's more people finally found out Lamar signed. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, but it's it's interesting because remember Baltimore was at eight and a half. There was a lot of uncertainty about mm-hmm. Lamar. Eight point eight was the open. Right. And now I, I think the chatter of oh, not only Lamar, but now he's got the right weapons to succeed has nothing's permeated. Changed with the weapons. Nothing has changed at all. But the, the but but it, that I don't that never narrative... happens that way generally
0: because it was it wasn't a trickle effect that continued. Mm-hmm. It was a jagged move because when Lamar signed it went from 8.8 to 9.6 all right and then a week went by went from 9.6 to 9.7 okay mm-hmm. and now in a, another week it goes up three tenths that feels like if there was a lingering effect it would have been the week after the draft you know it could have not been right after but it, this we're now moving on like over 14 days since the draft they
4: are plus nine in rest so they got good rest numbers okay so, so that's certainly going to help them
0: Okay, and listen, when there's general optimism for a team, there can be a compounding effect. Sure. That last piece, like the straw that breaks the camel's back, it can be the other situation. Um, okay, McKenzie's making a good point here. He's saying, uh, by uh, written word, he's saying the A.J. Brown acquisition, Philly kept ticking up. I think that was a general positive sense of the signings, and they kept signing cornerbacks as things. In general, I do believe teams become narrative Darlings, Because for people who aren't even engaged right now, they'll finally, maybe in June, look at a write-up about the teams that are optimism for, and they'll be reading things for the first time that we've been talking about, what people
4: have been talking about for months. And we talked about this on the pod last time, right after the draft. We we said, okay, money's going to come against San Francisco. Which I was a little skeptical of that one. And money's going to come on the Eagles, because the the grades on the Eagles were so strong, and the grade on San Francisco was the the lowest. And so I predicted, hey, if you're going to bet those, bet those right now.
0: now. now, listen, it's only been the couple weeks, but you were certainly right about the 49ers. And what was your – at the time, what was your rationale? In the? Because they got bad grades in the just draft. Just the grades. Okay. Yeah,
4: that's solely the grades. No no uh, Fezzik uh, conclusion on, on how they did, but just how everyone else said they did.
0: So, but with Philly, the first Tuesday after the draft, it was um, – Philly was at 11 flat or 11.0, 11.0 the next week, now 10.9. So – so far Philly's ticked down a little bit, but San Francisco ticked up uh, or or I'm sorry, San Francisco ticked way down. So I mean, that net, net, you have more movement to your advantage with your opinion.
4: Yes, and I think, you know, one thing is Philly does have and I know this was known already, but Philly's getting ranked as having the second hardest schedule. So maybe that 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 narrative is 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 coming out more. Well, I don't know. It's already whole,
0: known. That brings up the whole debate of are we looking at last year's numbers. Are we looking at win totals? Are we looking at the strength of schedule of the opponents, which is the second order? So there's all kind of things there. Um, But what we can say for sure is when there is a big difference between the Vegas perspective on it, which is win totals, Mm -hmm. there's ways to do that correctly and incorrectly. And to be candid, most of what I see out there is... Flawed in a fundamental way. We're thinking about doing something with that. I think with the idea of that second
4: order, right? Right. We're we're polish it up and make it based yeah. upon how strong your opponents actually are, not right. just what their season. But then are. then
0: there's a way to do it in which it's it's how strong their opponents are, and it keeps going until yep. there's no change. Um But that said, generally that approach that's win total base is better than last season. Right? Last season, we, is Minnesota a monster tough game? Well, that's what last season's numbers tell us, right? Right. So Philly has the second-hardest schedule. As you, I, I heard the hardest, maybe second-hardest. Um, based upon that outdated approach, not nearly as hard. I heard they're like 21 or 22 with the win. What, what do we got them for in the win total approach, McKenzie? 24th. Yeah. So now, now that's interesting. One is, uh, I'm going to go by second because that's what Fez is saying. Second, and the other one says below average. Wow. I mean that's where I think there's potential edges cuz some people are going to it's almost like the Jimmy Johnson chart with trades versus the modern chart sometimes they're very different.
4: Yeah, you know and I'm actually going to put in the power ratings for all the team this year. Um say what? I'm going to put in the opponent's power rating yeah, for Yeah, okay. Them.
0: I've I've already worked through some of that so I'll show okay. you and then but but again it was uh something that you you know in years past, I thought, man, it, it's, it'd probably be better that way. But it was your idea last week to do it, so it got me kind of started with it. So, uh, I mean, thank you for that, and, and we'll put do that together. And then cool. what we can do is have your power ratings uh, kind of put it out all together, maybe. you know We can say their strength is scheduled based on your power ratings, too, and have two different views of it. Yes. It's going to be interesting. So, which teams would you say you're most off from the market right now? Like the two or three teams that you have a, an opinion
4: on that d- disagrees with the win total? I, I think San Francisco still 11 seems a, a bridge way too far. Are you going to keep me. saying oh, this to
0: Mackenzie? Blows or what?
4: Yeah, he's going to ask. He's me. just going to go. Rah. Exactly.
0: And you hear the mic crackle wow.
4: <laughs> out. He disappears. <laughs> go ahead. Um, that is that really is the number one thing. This is anti-McKenzie. Anti-McKenzie. All right. I mean, eleven. You know, and I guess part of this too is I, I looked at some numbers that show in recent years. Now this surprised me because I I know there hasn't been as much parity as I thought there'd be in the NFL, but it turns out that teams that are lined at ten or more season wins, that if you just play those under, you have actually done very well the past five years. Say it again now. Teams that are lined at ten or more season wins. Mm-hmm. If you bet every one of them under, it's been a very profitable but, but, subset. But
0: remember, you were preaching before, the five years. I was. That, that's how why. Was it, that's
4: well. That's why it surprised me. So when do you know when? When do you know when to change? Um, it's it's been like profitable the last five and the last ten when's years. When's it gonna When's it gonna yeah. change again? Yeah. yeah.
0: I think in general, when there's one era that does one thing, one era that does yeah, the opposite. All right. It means there's probably not much of an effect.
4: And there are people that are like cherry picking. They're saying you know, excluding Brady. Which, of course, you can't do.
0: And and here's the thing, too. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. This is studies people have done about the NFL home field advantage, where we say New Orleans is good and Green Bay Mm -hmm. is good. For the most part, if you look at over 20 years, like all teams are about the same. And uh, I think that Robbie Greer did some real good work on this, where even the ones that, like the Saints, that you now we can say, well, when the Saints are good, the crowd's rocking. It's like, okay, maybe. And that most teams. Yeah, but the dome helps in theory. Seattle's noise helps in theory. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's confusing. Mm-hmm. I actually did a study um, just today, actually, instead of prepping for some of this, <laughs> but it was it was saying what weeks does home field advantage matter more or less in the NFL? And what I found was there's two clusters of like eight or six weeks. One, it's way less than usual, and one, it's way more than usual.
1: Mm. I and, would I would venture. The first few weeks of the season, it's way more, and the middle of the season, it's way less. Opposite. Uh, middle of the season, it's more. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, um. oh, wait, wait, let's think about this. Mid, I'm thinking what perspective it is. So, it is the home field is worth less early. So, the fatigue, if you're going with fatigue, you're right. But, so I think you are right, right?
1: No, he so, said, no, I'm saying, the oppo. I'm saying the so home should, field matters. When, when should
0: you bet home field? Early in the season, okay. No, it's it is the opposite. So okay, because it, because there seems to be a fatigue factor for the opponents. Yes, yeah.
4: Because okay. Scott the, and I think are are thinking, oh, we got we got the stadiums full. Everyone's yes. excited in September, but in yes. the
0: NFL, they're always excited. Now, what's interesting? Not in October. Well, in October, yeah, not in Jacksonville in October.
1: My theory is uh, also uh, colder weather. You know, less crowd. I don't. I don't. Know. So
0: the colder weather would help home field, right?
1: Yeah. I guess I'm thinking crowd perspective because I'm thinking think, a whole— I you know. think you guys
0: are forgetting the NBA or the NFL. They show up. I mean, yeah. it's not like the bags with the Aints back in the day with the hat over where they had the paper bags and it said the Aints for the Saints. I
4: don't know. I think Texas did to show up for the last I think years. there's going to be a lot of good seats available for both the Los Angeles teams this year.
0: Now, here's what's interesting. Maybe this phenomenon is what you guys are saying— that second half of the year, it's not the second half of the year. It's from, and again, I'm going by memory, it's from like week nine through week like 14. Then at the end, end of the year, it drops down to about even. Mm. So I think, now what I'm going to study there is if a team's winning percentage is higher, is it good at the end of the year versus the beginning? You know. Mm. So, But in general, it is significant. I, I did Z scores on it. It was pretty involved. And I clustered three weeks together so you didn't have low volume at any time. I'd
1: love to look at it by by sight because of circumstances like in my opinion the the Miami and Jacksonville have the advantage early in the season, mm-hmm. right? And then I also think they have the advantage late in the season when playing cold weather teams. That's the whole mentality going so down.
0: early over. in the season is it's just so hot. hot
1: heat and humidity, mm-hmm. right? And then later in the season if they're playing a cold weather team that goes down to Miami or or, or Jacksonville. Now, is that the
0: phenomenon of they they
4: they've been so it's cold that they want to okay. The okay. Saturday yeah. night before yeah. we, got it, we got, got to, him
0: completely bought in. We're it's going we're going,
4: we're going to Biscayne and like drink daiquiris. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All
0: right. Any Anything So next, what I got for you guys is uh, I'm going to have two NBA best bets here for this pod. Next week, I'll have an NFL. uh, Might be a parlay for you. It's interesting. Fez doesn't agree with it. We'll debate that on air, too. Um, Anything else to close on the NFL? All right. Let's shift to the NBA. And this is going to go a little talk radio mode here, but I think it's worth it. The process, a referendum on the process on Embiid. Doc out. Daryl Morey still in, right? I haven't seemingly. Seen, yeah, yeah. He's from Harvard. What do you expect? All right. Thoughts. Who's got the strongest opinion here? McKenzie was a huge advocate for Embiid. Now, listen. I know I seem very wise when it comes to this talk with Jokic. Oh, I don't even know how to say his name. I'm not as wise as I thought. The Joker. <laughs> but boy, it does seem like that's an absurd vote now, doesn't it? But they're two you different classes of players.
3: You, oh, two good versus okay. Exactly, I thought you know five percent better on offense, Jokic five percent better on defense. Embiid, I don't think that anymore. They're two different class of players. Embiid thirty three points in the regular season, twenty four in the playoffs. Flip that for Jokic, he's scoring thirty one points per game as a guy that shoots fifteen times a game. Different class of player. Now that's interesting. Mackenzie is very. Apprehensive
0: about ever admitting a mistake, so this is this is progress. Now, what about those that say, and I think this is generally true that the MVP is, or it's true, it's not generally true. It's a regular season award, so to some degree, it's not fair to say. "Oh, Oh, you know. So what I'm saying is, I still, to me, again, I was thinking about driving into the studio. I was thinking, what was my like? If I had to distill my point down on the Joker versus Embiid, it was that the betting market had spoken. For months that as the season was progressing, that the Joker had the significantly better year and he was big favorite to win. Then there was talk with Perkins starting it from ESPN. Hey, this could be latent bias or latent racism, that you are voting for the white guy and you wouldn't and then he brought up Dirk and he yep. brought up Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. And then all of a sudden, all the people who would never want to go against that if they're light dependent on, again, who would want to be latently racist, but they wouldn't want to even have the chance of being perceived that they went into a tissy and they say, well, all of a sudden now no one likes Joker. No one like it's, it's Embiid. The fact Embiid actually doesn't play in Denver in this game. That was one of the biggest regular season games. People were like, he sits cause of rest. Everyone's like, that's fine. No problem. You know, he, he dominated him back in, in Philly. So he's resting on his laurels. That's good. It's like, all right, maybe, but within two weeks, it was reversed. It was like one was, again, minus 350, and now Embiid was minus 350, and not much was different, except Denver, who had the number one seed locked up, was coasting. But it, but Joker, when he played, was playing just as well as ever. We looked at the stats. Embiid stepped up a little bit. Let's give it credit. But it was like maybe the odds should have went from minus 350 to minus 200 or maybe even money. Maybe. But the idea flipped and it became absurd that the Joker had no chance. I thought that was absurd. And I thought it was votes being influenced by something other than logic. And you know what? I hate that. But you know what? We try to take advantage of it. I don't mind emotion, but emotion and money doesn't go together. And what we do is gamble. I like emotion, especially if it's positive towards me. Or if I have a positive, I love being happy. How about you, AJ? It's a good feeling. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Way better than the alternative. Wouldn't you agree that for someone that can get stern, <laughs> uh, see that's a joke to the future, is for someone that can get stern that I have a love of happiness more than most.
2: You do. You do seem to. Like, I want to be happy. You want to be happy, which I think is it's, why. It's why you get so pissed off when uh, Things people less... around
0: you frustrate you. But but I think it's just You're, ch- we're keeping you from your joy. To some. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Now I hate you. But, but to be honest with you, some of that's immaturity, right? The world ain't perfect. And I know that, but sometimes I want it to be. I want to make my
4: little corner of it perfect but maybe I should start with myself. This sounds like John McEnroe. He once he, he was having a temper tantrum, and he was like, I want to have fun. I want to have a good time out here. You're not letting me have fun after they blew a call. McEnroe's well, <laughs> had a pretty good life. I mean, you read <laughs> about
0: him in the 70s. He was, like, hanging out in the village, and what was that? T- was it Tatum O'Neal he mm. did? Like, the movie? St- he did all right. Little Darlins. He was on... <laughs> that was a funny noise. You, you were going, mm, Little Darlins. <laughs> um... He was on with Bill Maher on. They do this club random thing where they just go to Bill Maher's basement and smoke weed and talk, and you know with a, like one camera, it's pretty good. Uh, Quentin Tarantino was on it, and, and it, they don't get political too much. But uh, McEnroe was on there. It was pretty. He had jeans. It looked like they were like twenty nine inch jeans. <laughs> you know, Jerry Seinfeld would have been proud. All right. So Mackenzie, what is it about the Joker? I mean, like. Is it just you've just taken a closer look or you think he stepped his game up or what? By the way, Nuggets win tonight as we're taping on Tuesday
3: night, but they don't cover against the Lakers that come back from the Lakers late to get to cover. It's the scoring from the Jokic perspective. And I have some things about Embiid that I just think he's more predictable than I thought. But that he's gonna get hurt? That's true, but just he relies more on the refs than I thought. He really him and Harden were really predictable down the stretch of game seven. But from Jokic's perspective, it's the scoring. He's scoring 31 points a game, and I, I gave him a demerit. I am like, yeah, he's shooting 60%, but he's not scoring that much, and when you lose as a big favorite, maybe you can step up and score big buckets. Well, those games, like you said, didn't matter. Some people thought he didn't really want the MVP. He coasted in March. These games matter. He's been the best player almost every single game in these playoffs.
0: So, Fez, at this point, the I mean, the Nuggets were a number 1 seed that people didn't really look at as a clear favor. They were— What plus at least opened up, like plus 170 or whatever, in a series against the Suns with home court. Yep. Some of us took advantage of that. Some of us, like McKenzie, had the opposite side with me. But, well, wait. McKenzie's got to tell us he won a bet, though, once. Go ahead, McKenzie. I once won a bet in the
3: 2023 (laughs) NBA playoffs versus R.J. Bell. All right, And that was an even money bet? I had plus 105 on that, didn't I? Because I gave you, like, a little edge. Yeah, I had plus 110 you had minus 110 on the bucks. No, Celtics. no,
0: no, I think I had plus 110. But either way, you had a pretty much an even money bet and I had almost a 2 to 1. But that's good. That's good. What else what do we have outstanding?
3: Lakers Nuggets. I have Lakers to last longer plus one forty, which ironically was the entering the series odds. No longer is the case. So you're saying I have an edge on that one too? Really. Yes. Now okay. I got a yeah. You got minus two ninety
4: on my on my hands. So think about that. So the Denver has gone from minus one sixty five. Normally you win. They're supposed to win game one. Mm-hmm. All right. You know they're laying seven. All right. Mm-hmm. So they win game one. All right. So minus one sixty five should go up to like minus eh, two thirty five or something. Right. Well, that's not what the binomial says. I think that is what the binomial says because they were the home team. It wasn't. This wasn't like a pick-em pick'em. Well, game. they
0: didn't cover though. Mackenzie, can you well, run the binomial? Let's assume that this close. Let's say seven is seven the close. Seven close. Yeah. And let's assume then that it will be. I don't think Denver's going to be minus one. I think there'll be more because of the, the altitude. I think it's pick'em in LA. It's well, my, I'm going to
4: go LA. I'm going to go LA minus.
0: So you're thinking it's going to be more than seven points. I think it's going to be LA minus
4: one. All right. So let's go. You know something, Lakers. What do you guys are, think? Well, I agree.
3: I think yeah. the Lakers will be favored. All
0: right, so let's go Lakers minus one, and let's go six, and from here on with the Nuggets. I think. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. But again, this is every other ga- day. I think at altitude, this is a disadvantage. I mean, like game two, but see, I wish it was multiple home games in a row after this for Denver. But boy, yeah. game five and seven's is tough if there is one for the Lakers, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. LeBron and AD getting tired, and, ti- and AD had a monster game.
1: Do you think that? the comeback exerted too much energy?
0: I mean, the question becomes—
1: Where's the Nuggets kind of—
4: Did they have a legit coached? chance to— yeah. I, mean, I don't know, I, the refs might be tired from blowing all those whistles. <laughs> I'll tell you this,
0: too. No joke, no joke, is I think Denver's had the least stress of any team. It's not even close. And yes. that accumulates over time.
4: I, I, I agree. Arguably, the only stressful time that they have had is Game 5 against Phoenix when they blew Phoenix out. That, that, was, that like, was stressful to blow well, out the team? well. It was two two. Okay, so that, that, that's 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 the the exactly. But how much so of the, the game the most stress- was stressful? Like, None. Were, it, they, they smoked them.
0: Yeah, I mean, think of Boston. How many minutes they've played this year with the season effectively on the line? Yeah. And even Atlanta games. What was that game six? They were. Wor- I mean, it was starting to be like Jesus. As, yeah. you know they, huh? That's interesting. Okay. So, hey, by the way, I told McKenzie for next week we'll have a current accounting of our bets since we we drew a line in the sand and said we're going to be letting everyone know every bet exactly when it's settled just so it's fun, people can play along. So we'll get an accounting going here. It's a good time to shift. We should have done this earlier. Any thoughts on last week's draft? So if you haven't heard it, uh, we drafted the worst team or the non-playoff projected teams. Which one of those could make the playoffs? And then we had which team might be a top three pick So the, in the basement. Faz, you didn't have a good day. To the point that I wanted to bet A.J. and Scott against you, and you said no, thank yeah,
4: you. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of regretting not getting a piece of Arizona. I really think Arizona's going to be like...
0: Yeah, these guys did yeah, an interesting thing. They, they, they went they for
2: good. the low a lot. Yeah, we, we took two teams finish at bottom three. As I've thought about it
0: at length, I think you got one fatal flaw. Okay, the Rams.
1: I would agree with that. Uh, that's but probably I our think, weakness. But I think we did. I think we made out on our trade, though, with you.
0: So how? That's interesting. How so? We
2: Good. traded your fifth round pick for our sixth round pick straight up. You could have taken them six yeah, picks yeah, earlier, it, and it you didn't. A, it
0: was a reevaluation, for sure. It was a re- I I thought I missed. Remember. Remember, we started out with you guys giving me like $20 in the trade.
1: Uh Then we got it for free.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But then for me, I thought it was a slight positive EV even at even after I contemplated it. But I thought it was good radio. It felt but, but good. But what I'm saying, I thought it was good radio to show weakness sometimes.
2: I've I got to say, it felt good feeling like <laughs> exactly. we actually had a win. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh,
0: <laughs> exactly. But then, isn't it going to be all the sweeter when probably? That yeah, as well yeah. For it'll me. piss me
2: off later. But it, at the time, it felt really good. So the, the, I, the I, I, was, I was so proud of Scott. I was like, dude, that never happened. <laughs> yeah, you got it for. Zero? I was like, we got it for nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's that's <laughs> crazy. Does <should> that <laughs>
0: worry <laughs> you a little bit? Because I kind of step,
2: I kind of stepped back and let Scott negotiate it. Uh-huh. And I wasn't crazy about the Giants. I, I felt so like... Let's, the, let's,
4: let's how do you get t- the Rams high? I don't know. The Rams would be... Uh, you put, <laughs> the you put, Rams you put, weren't like one of our last picks. You should have but, two, but you should had they, two chips. They were one. The but what I'm saying is... should have gone low.
0: What I'm saying is the Rams have a better chance of going low than going high. But you guys got them high, so if they go low, you're going to get double whammy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we think yeah. we're safe. It's I don't think they finished neutral. bottom
2: three. Yeah.
0: I mean, they were one of the teams that like we we What's had to win total. It's like the second lowest, isn't six it? six and point six. Yeah, it's pretty low. Um, but hold on a second. Let's update them on the trade. So that you had and and I could have had, but you had the Giants. Is no, that we had right? the Raiders. Oh, we had the Raiders. The Raiders. Okay, and I had the Giants. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what I started looking at was by our projections, like what obsessed me about the Raiders. I didn't want was that they have such a long shot to win the division. Yep. But that, because you get a higher seed if yeah. you win the division. Here's the thing I thought about though. It was like, well, wait a minute. It's they're not. Uh, Giants aren't winning the division against. Uh, the weird thing is, I actually think Raiders have a better chance to win the division because it only takes one big injury, and we're not hoping for it to Mahomes. And all of a sudden, now the Raiders are as good as anyone. I don't think the Chargers are that good myself. I know they're as good as Denver, <coughs> at least they seem to be. Right. So let's just say they're competitive with the other teams. Mm-hmm. Well, if Philly has a big injury, Dallas is still and shoulders above yeah. them. So it does feel like even though KC is better than either Philly or Dallas, just having to supplant one really good team. Ah, but then if I looked at our projections, it had like one in, 1.2 or like 0.7 more wins. So I'm thinking, I get the better team, the division doesn't really matter, and I can make some money. But then... He squeezed me on the money, but I thought it was good radio. You
4: know, the Raiders have an interesting, because the rest numbers aren't good Mm -hmm. uh, overall, but I think that's because of bye weeks. The Raiders get to play six teams, six this year, that played Monday Night Football the week before.
0: Well, that's good. And I didn't want to say it, but I knew about the Tom Brady thing
1: of buying a percentage of the team. uh Mm -hmm.
0: Now, let me ask you if the trouble is afoot, who do you think might step in a quarterback? (laughs) <laughs> Jared did is, is there anyone Is there anyone with any quarterbacking experience up in the front office?
3: MJ Wizard situation?
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's the scene from uh was it Major League 2 when Dorns asked, "Guys, I made a move today." He rips off his jacket. "I
0: activated myself." <laughs> 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 I've never heard they quote Major League 2. No, ever. that's a deep that's a deep cut. I'm just saying. The, I mean, the Brady thing might have been the influence for me. I,
4: I could I, just see Jimmy G and like Tom Brady working he well hates together. Jimmy G. Yeah, that clown. So that's what I'm
0: saying. He wants to move. I mean,
4: <laughs> I'm going to buy into
0: that clown. What's the odds right now that he plays this year?
4: I would have said zero before you asked me. Well, I didn't say there were anything. What do you think? Yeah, play? I, I, I would have said two percent. All right. So you, what? You give me four no, one. No.
0: Why? Because you're asking. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you, the odds are probably ten, twelve percent. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm not even saying with the Raiders, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how much better Jimmy G is right now. So, but still, it's fun. But right now, by our projections, we got points. We got the Raiders winning 7.5, Giants winning 6.8. So.
2: And they were both teams that we had circled as teams that we doubted would make the playoffs but felt like
0: there was no chance they would be in the bottom three teams. I agree with that. There's probably a better chance the Raiders. Here's the thing. The Raiders got to win. This is not a rebuild. What we know for sure is they're not allowing that to be Mm -hmm. the case. If they would have, they would have drafted a quarterback. Signing Jimmy G is them wanting to at least be decent. Right, yeah, that, I agree with that. Yeah, so and
1: we just figure the giant, the NFC is a yeah, better chance to make right. a wild card than. And the they NFC. also, I mean, they made it's the playoffs point. last year. They,
2: they weren't a, very good, but
1: they it's made a, the playoffs.
0: It, listen, I think it was a coin flip. But let's just say this: if one of them makes the playoffs, we got a lot of fun to have. Yes, <laughs> in direction. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about.
1: I hope both make a wild card. <laughs> well, that'd be fun. I just hope the Giants are the five
0: seed and the Raiders the seven. I just hope
1: everyone has fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Faz, before we get back to the NBA. I want everyone here to think about this now. I think we made a mistake with the scoring on the NFL contest. Okay? So let's think about this. There's really no difference between the 7th, I mean, you see all the time someone could be the 5th wild card, 5th seeded wild card or the 7th and they don't seem to care, right? They sit guys, I mean, so if you if we're given triple the value mm-hmm. for the You know, so you could have three teams make just, well, I guess there's only two ways to only just make the playoffs, but you could have two of those teams and one person could have one that's number five and they would be winning three to two. That doesn't make any sense. I think what we should do is make that the tiebreaker, that if you make it as a wild card, you get one point, but if you make it as a—and we can figure out how to scale the points, but I'm saying relatively now. But if you get the seventh seed, you get 1.0. If you get the sixth, you get 1.1 or 1.2. And the only time the points will matter is if there's a tie, right? So that way you're getting the tiebreaker. But I don't think fifth seed and seventh seed— I mean, it just makes it random in a way. It can't be triple as much.
1: I kind of agree because you shouldn't get punished for— Having two teams that make the playoffs when somebody else only has one team that
0: makes. I the playoffs. know that seems like you a, should be rewarded
1: yeah. for having more than one, you know, multiple. And, teams.
0: and I think division winners can be worth two points, but then it's going to be two point one, two three, or four. So that and, and maybe the one seed gets a three. And then it's two point. You the know, one
4: seeds basically won oh, a game. I, I, I don't disagree. Next year we can do it that way, but but, like, you didn't,
0: but it wasn't like it would have affected any of the draft. But,
4: well, I, well I, I'm just saying if you give, depending well, on what first you of it do, it can be by vote. First of all, so no, you can't. The well, rules, well, you the, can't change the, the rules by vote. No, is not a democracy? No, it's not a democracy. What you can't it? just change the rules of a game after after a draft. <laughs> of course not. If there's like, but, but, it has to be unanimous. But don't you want to d- I don't know about that, but okay. Come so, on. But I,
0: I'll accept that for okay. now. Okay.
4: But wouldn't you say,
0: wouldn't you say that, that that this is better for everyone? Yes. So why wouldn't you want
4: it? Because it's you're changing the rules. People would draft if that's not true. You always would want
0: to improve things, except you know what we nope, just found out? No, you know Fez, what we just found out? Go ahead.
1: Fez drafted contingent on the rules because he took the three teams in the same division. Oh, Because yeah, he was that's... trying to get so a I'm division skewed. I'm,
4: I'm skewed towards high division points. So like I'm I if if you ah. change if you changed it to favor like like it, I would love for it for the the wildcards only count one one point one and one point two that would benefit me.
0: Okay, But Well, yeah. if, if divisions were then two, were divi-
4: two No, if divisions stayed four five six oh, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, but so your theory is, okay, I understand. Huh?
1: Like he targeted the NFC? No, North.
0: it makes sense. actually. I didn't see that, and and I do. And also, let's be honest. He's got the worst team, so randomness is his friend. Yeah, yeah. that's sad, isn't it?
4: <laughs> well, at least I don't. Ha- at least I don't have the Rams high. <laughs> I don't that's mean... high.
0: So there's only one guy here with a pristine card, is what we're saying. Thank mm-hmm. you. Man, there's a lot of picking at that one pick. But, yeah. Well, you only got a handful of picks. We got six. Yeah, but you now you got a net, net That's a net, that pick you'd rather renounce than have. I'd ra- I'd rather
2: I'd still rather have them to to not finish bottom three than to finish bottom three.
0: Well, yeah, but the question is, do you have a chance to make points with it more likely than than bottom? Than, Probably
2: you know? not. There's almost no chance they make points.
0: So why why pick them? Because we had to pick someone. Well, no, you could have passed. Remember, that's a that's a remember. fascinating
4: question. Yeah. You know, are the Rams more likely? to finish tied for the third bet with the worst record. they not gonna, yeah, but didn't we look well, at like they like odds to make the playoffs? A playoff. like, well, yeah. well they have a zero chance of winning the division. So really like they they they're vying in many ways for the for a 1 2 3 in the wild card or mm-hmm. a 1 2 3 in the worst record and they're much more likely to get the worst record. Exactly. That's why it's negative EV, which is the one reason I have the best team. Yes. You took the Colts to finish bottom. <laughs> They could.
2: They play in, like, the worst division in yeah, football. Yeah, I thought that was a big flaw. Like, I, but, but it was like, consistent. All of, I pe- said,
4: all of his picks were
0: riddled with I said, irrationality. No, it
4: was not irrational. <laughs> it, could have been, it, it could have been wrong, but it was not irrational. <laughs> like, I talked, I talked, let me finish. I talked about Richardson, and I felt he was going to be a disaster, so I thought that this was consistent to play them low. Well,
2: Colts had disastrous quarterback play last year, and they, they didn't finish bottom three.
0: I think the Colts under is probably worse than the Rams under. I think so, too. Yeah, hmm. but I have neither. Good luck with that. I have no wonders, Which is weird, actually. You guys are fighting over those couple of points. That's part of our strategy. Yeah, I screwed up on the contest though. It just isn't as, but we'll see. We'll see. You
1: know what though? I'm starting to think about this Rams thing. <laughs> and um they're gonna twenty twenty four is the first time the Rams will have a first round pick since they drafted Jared Goff in twenty sixteen, which means that if it's a bad season, they could want to get a top.
0: Well, we Pick. know Stafford's on his way out. Yeah. I mean, at some point soon.
2: He got old fast. He did. Jeez.
0: All right, back to the NBA as we wind down at least the begin or the first half of the pod, and then we got some more from the boys. And then my best bet will be Eh, I don't know. We'll see when we do the best bet. All right. So Embiid. We were and we were talking about the amount of time that Denver has been in pressure spots versus the Celtics. You yeah, get because the numbers on.
1: you were saying that they. It seems like they have played the least stressful right. yes. times. And if you go by NBA advanced stats with clutch time, the Nuggets and the Heat are tied for the fewest amount of clutch minutes amongst the teams that the Final Four teams that are left right now. So they've only played 23 minutes of clutch time, which would be five minutes left in the game within five points. Uh, whereas the Celtics have played 30 minutes, 7 minutes more of clutch time more than anybody left in the playoffs.
0: I got to be honest with you, I would have guessed there was a bigger disparity. I don't remember Denver having any clutch minutes. When have they had a close game?
1: How much did they lose the the two Suns games close
0: against Minnesota? see when they lost I hmm, I don't know. I, I mean I'm sure the numbers are right. It's yeah. just, um okay. Let's talk Boston, Miami, I personally really like two picks; they seem in conflict. Fez, we got to decide: is a good hedge worth it or not? Now, here's what I need you to do: I need us not just to say chocolate and then you say vanilla, and I say no chocolate. Let's open our minds up, okay? So here's my two different best bets that I that seem in conflict, but are they a good hedge or are they contradictory? First, though, let's hear from our gal. Let's have, well, I guess from the gal spiritually.
1: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pen and pencil. I give
0: you a piece of my mind. I told you guys I watched Blossom one night on YouTube. It was funny. Though the the person running the... um Laugh track was demented. I can honestly
2: <laughs> say I've never seen a full episode of Blossom.
0: Well, you just saw the ones that had like nudity. Did that show I had nude. I thought it was a network. Hey, guys, like- I'm joking. Oh. Usually, when someone says I've never seen a full of something, it's no. like a sign they go through, look forward.
2: And- no, no, I like I've It's been on in the background. I'm sure when I was a kid, but I don't. I don't think I've ever like watched a full. Like said, you know what? I'm going to sit
0: down today and watch Blossom. I loved it as a kid. Well, you know, I, I guess I was about the same age as Blossom, and I had a little shine for Blossom. It was all about six. See, six to me. You knew she was going to have a whiskey voice eventually. Mm. I mean, I, There's yeah. something
1: about something hot about that, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's girls you marry and girls you don't. I mean, it's a different thing. All right, so now here comes the best Bats. One, I love this bat. I love it. I want Miami to win at least two games. And it's what, minus 130 or so? Minus
2: 135. Min- Miami plus two and a half games. Is Yeah.
0: The, the
2: way it'll look on but the. But the
0: better way to say it is, are yeah. they going to win two? Which is, conf- you know, uh, uh, you, you think they do it that way. But okay. Thank you for that. Is Here's my rationale. If you look at the actual odds on game one or the spread, this projected spread after that, the number's right. So why would I like it? Because I don't believe this is a normal distribution. I don't believe the likelihood of these events is going to fall out with one standard deviation, two standard deviations, the way the bell curve looks. It's not. Why? Because the Celtics, more than any team I've seen as a good team in a long time, maybe ever, they are flat when they can be flat. You, It's like with Pittsburgh and, and Steelers. I always say, is there a chance they're going to be flat? If there's any rationale they're going to be flat, they're going to be flat. That's how Tomlin, for whatever reason, but when they are up, they're great. Tomlin motivates that team, they're great. But they've been flat, or they were under Big Ben in so many spots. I think the Celtics are that in the NBA. Would you agree with that generally, Fez? The Celtics are flat more often than the most good teams? Yes. Okay. I also believe that Jimmy Butler is maybe the one guy in the league that can take a team on his back— and playoff Jimmy can get you a win just off of the random him having a monster game. Does anyone disagree with that? Nope. Nope. And finally, and AJ, you put a voice to it. It was part of my analysis too earlier is the coaching edge. Is Would we be shocked if there's just one game in which Spolstra, Spolstra just does a, a magnificent job, one change, what I, boom, you get to win because of that? Not at all. We only need two wins. That's it. We need. So what you're telling me for us to lose this bet, that two of these three things cannot happen. That only one can happen. Jimmy Butler has a monster. The coach wins one with his coaching, or the Celtics sit, you know, (laughs) or flat flat on one. I think the Celtics being flat flat is almost a guarantee. Yeah. So now we just got need Jimmy or the coach to pull one out. I and love it. We saw James Harden, like one of the biggest
2: playoff losers, have a carry him on my on his back team and beat him. Like, there's no doubt Jimmy Butler
4: is capable of that. Feds, what do you think? Directionally, I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's in the execution that I disagree.
0: Okay. So how would you execute this?
4: I want to wait till Miami gets crushed game one. Mm-hmm. And then I want to start betting on them. Okay. So let me let me ask you this. Why...
0: I only expect them to win two games. I don't think they win three, even. They could, but I. So when you say start betting on them, what does that even
4: mean? It's the spreads involved there. I mean, like, how would you bet on them? I take some money line, take some spread off of a loss. Wait for them every time they lose a game.
0: But who said that it's about them lose? I mean, because only one of the three is about it being off a loss, the Celtics being flat. Flat off a win. Yeah. yeah. The Celtics weren't flat in Game 5 mm-hmm. when Philly
4: beat them at home and took control of that series. All right, let me simplify. Mm-hmm. I gotta be at least neutral on the spread, and I actually favor Boston. You have some trends that favor Boston. In fact, in Game One, yes. So because of that, I don't want to. I don't. I would much rather instead of playing a diluted, possibly plus EV bet. And I agree with with your analysis here in Miami. I, I want to take that Game One out of there. I don't want I don't want. I don't want that bad um, sample size of Game One to to make my favorable bet less favorable. All right. I have a question. Yes.
1: Why not, if you think it's going to, if you think they're going to win two games, why not take the plus 360 and bet the series exact score to be 4 2 Boston?
2: Because well, then he's punished if he if he if works, Miami
1: wins the series, yeah, yeah. yeah, or if Miami wins three games, you're punished. Yeah. yeah,
2: like if Jason
4: Tatum breaks his ankle in game one, suddenly you love this. And man. there's more vague in those needle in the haystack exact outcome bets than just. I like I like where you're going. Yeah. Where you, there's two things can, when you bet Miami plus two and a half, or you bet in Boston minus two and a half. There's only two outcomes. I like that.
0: Now, by the way, one last thing. I think if Miami does get up two, two or let's say up three two like Philly, they're not going to be as easy to vanquish this team. Is a winning team.
4: There is a heat culture. They don't have a here we go again.
0: <laughs> and we don't know if a uh, he, hero might yep, be Tyler back hero. by the middle of the, you know, who knows, right? They're saying maybe by the end of the
4: series, but who knows. How do you feel about ESPN saying, obviously it's flawed, 97% chance Boston wins the series, according what? to ESPN's ratings? I think they should be
0: putting a big number, a big lay price on the minus 600, yeah. <laughs> right?
4: I don't know. The,
0: um, uh, we were talking about coaching. Well, obviously Boston has one of the most inexperienced coaches you're ever going to have in this spot. So I think that coaching edge is even amplified because Boston's coach is a question mark at best. Wouldn't we all agree? Yeah.
2: yeah. Wolstra cool. is one of the most experienced playoff coaches in the league.
0: Mackenzie,
3: what's your thoughts? On the coaching? I, oh, I on agree. the
0: general pick, the weather.
3: <laughs> My pushback would be, because they've like, So is this a pushback you legitimately feel or you think I, you're just if, supposed if to I had play that was I would bet Celtics to win in, in 5 games or less before oh, I Oh perfect bet. then we can bet. There we go this is gonna to eliminate the big nicely like Did I say I was going to bet it? No, I just said of the two choices I like one better. Oh uh, so you have a lean that a very that, very leanish that doesn't allow you to commit anything. Okay I'll bet you. I don't care what do you want to bet? A thousand dollars? That's a lot.
0: Okay. <laughs> but if,
4: but what if you got to, What if you got? You see, this is interesting. You only have a lien, so you don't want to bet on McKenzie. But now you're not having to pay any vig because yeah, you're getting yeah, no you getting the no vig. If
3: you it, you got you got to be willing to bet it. You think, right? It, it, AJ, we went through this. Yep. I don't like to be 53 percent on my bets. I like to be 56. percent I my think bets. against me, 53 would be pretty damn good. Per- pers- pers- personally, I effin' love 53
4: percent bets <laughs> yeah. plus 100 or even money. Alternatively, yeah. And plus, let's think about it,
0: McKenzie. If hey, I win, different. if I win, it's Mott's. It's more of the same. I it's all gonna blur in people's minds. If you win, it's gonna be a big deal.
3: <laughs> so you're saying that should be motivation
4: for me. Yeah, but, for your brand. What, what is the market number, Mackenzie? right now in Miami plus two and a half? I'll have to look that up. I think it was minus one thirty five. Minus one thirty five. And what's the take back on both? Plus one fifteen. Okay. Plus 115. So the Novig is minus 125, mm-hmm. minus 125 in, in in each direction. So
0: McKenzie will be getting plus money?
4: Mackenzie would be getting plus 125. So 300 125. to 375.
0: Yes. I'll, I'll do 300. Deal. All right. So now I still need a, a broker. I like, good job, good job. Now, um, plus, I can just take it right out of his check. I don't have to worry about paying it. I mean, that's always important. Um, I like this one, though. I really do. I mean, like to me, this is like a two-dime kind of bet, so I'm going to be looking to play. Um, But this is pretty widespread, this kind of bet, right? Not that much.
4: These days? No, the circuit doesn't have it. Um, I bet they'll have it by tomorrow. I don't think so. I, I haven't seen it now. Now it's interesting. Now we're in the final four. Maybe they'll expand mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. their horizon. I don't know. You got something? No. I oh. generally i I like this
2: play, but I, I'm also I, I've been this the whole time lower than the market on the Celtics. Like I feel like the Celtics are treated like some sort of infallible team, and I just don't believe that's what they are. And the, the number you, on the Celtics yeah. always seems to
0: be too high. i tell you this. When the game – in pressure spots, except against Steph, they've been good. I mean, they've been down in multiple – I mean, they were down last year against Milwaukee. They came back. They came back here. I mean – But they're priced like the Warriors the
2: year after they won a title, like going for a back-to-back It's It's like the Celt- yeah. like, they're priced like Before no Milwaukee, one
0: can beat them. Well, just I think it was after Milwaukee got beat. Because coming in, they had worse odds than Milwaukee. But – their path was harder than yeah. here it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Embiid. All right, well, no, let's finish the bets. So my other bet is, and we did some
4: analysis, and it was about, um, what we got here? Anything interesting? William, yeah, well, got William it. Hill does have it. It's so we can bet whatever we want at um, plus two and a half, but it's minus 35. So same line. Same line. Same minus line. 135 plus two Tell and a half. How am I like vague. Can they... T- <laughs> yeah, ask them. Ask them I'll, nicely. I'll, 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 I'll seven call stars. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, uh. <laughs> All right, so here's the, um, here is the scenario. In game one, if there's a team that has... Now, let's think about this. It's the home team, and their prior game was at home. That's what's important. So they closed out the last series. It's game one. They closed out the last series at home, but now they have a rest disadvantage. So that's why it's important they didn't have to travel. They're home and home, but they have a rest disadvantage. Of between one, let's think about this. The edge is either one, two, three, or four game days. I keep saying g- games. Days. So in this case it's Miami has a two day rest advantage over Boston, but Boston is at home and they were at home. Uh-huh. So it fits the criteria. And that is uh, 10 and 1, but 7.7 points. So almost eight points of edge there. For the homies. For the homies. And it's also something where if you look at the bigger sample sizes, you look at all, you know, the different, you know, because this is kind of narrow, it's still good. So it's one of those things we've really zeroed in that this is the spot where it's good, or especially good. And by the way, it it tends towards the under by seven and a half points. So now, I said, okay, well, where is that under coming from? Where is that pro home team coming from? Because it could come from the home team scoring more, but then likely the under wouldn't happen, right? It's coming from the road team being, scoring less, which means you got a team that knows they have a rest disadvantage, that for one game, they pick it up and say, we're going to shut you
4: down and play with energy, so the road teams were supposed to score, say, a hundred points, and they're scoring ninety-two and a half. That is pretty. It's about seven convincing. of
0: the edge of seven point seven. Point 7. seven is the uh, the home team scoring more. Seven points of the seven point seven is the defense stopping the other team. So the way I want to bet this
4: is I want to pound Miami under, which uh-huh. you recommended yes. already. Miami team total on under. under, and then I want to wait till game two, and then I want to play Jimmy Buckets to win outright.
0: All right. So what happens? What happens? If we lose this game, now we got one of the wins already. We
4: lo- we lost. We deal with uh, it. We just uh we just did. De- we can't. Man. We lose the other bet. Nah, we, we we because Boston will win game two then, and then we can selectively play Miami at, at in games three or four. I'm not looking. I I want the I. Okay, so everyone gets
0: their choice. We're gonna we're gonna track this as I'm making both bets separately. Miami team total uh, under, and I'm going with Miami to win. At least two games minus one uh, thirty-five, right?
4: And you're going to bet equal amounts on both.
0: I mean, this is for the picks here. Yes. He, with us, we'll figure.
4: And it out. the nice thing about this is that you're really balanced here. You're kind of like, I, I in an ideal world, you want to win your first bet. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. No. Well, I, well, you want Miami to win no, like eighty you know what's to what's, eighty-one. I mean,
0: here's the point. Yeah, we can actually win could, this game. You could
4: lose both too. Yes. Yeah. Well, what would losing both be? It, my, uh, Boston 120 and Miami 111. Oh, I know, but yeah. but 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 what I'm saying there in that. That'd be bad.
0: Yeah, that's true, too, isn't it? Yeah. But again, that's going up totally against the handicaps, it, yeah, if yeah. you believe in the handicap. This is laver- this is interesting for Kelly, too. It's like I'm not betting so close to my bankroll that I'm looking yeah. at decimal points with Kelly. But
4: it's like Boston this, wins in double overtime, 105-104. Because
0: <laughs> in, general, in general, having uh, hedging
4: allows you to bat more. Yes. Right? And I would say like the r squared of this might be like it I mean it's but, not minus 1.0, it may be. it's like minus 0. .24 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're clearly negatively correlated. But I would like to win both. Yes. All right. So
0: um, how you bet it is up to you. That's what I like. I think the – rash. I got to tell you, there's times that bets feel per, like almost perfect. I can't imagine a scenario that you have a Miami team that's as tough as nails, a Jimmy Butler that takes games over, a better coach, and a team that's flat when they get up in series
4: and somehow we're pretty much even money that they're going to not lose in five. We might get more than 115 because the game one line has been steaming to Boston, which means there'll be pressure on all these ancillary series price prices to, that will move more in in for Boston. Did you see the open? I didn't see it. So how? Oh, the the open. Oh, the So this is interesting. So game one opened eight. Mm-hmm. All right, it's eight and a half right now. We're right. Let me finish. Right. <laughs> it opened. It opened eight. Um, and then within 30 minutes, there was. Down to seven and a half and m- the very majority of the books. Now I don't know when the move happened back, but now it's coming back right. You know the, the, the it's night right before the game. Right where the open was. It's right at eight where the opener was at eight. It's getting steam. Look out, everyone! It's Well, the it was ste- down to seven. It was down to I seven point. point. It was down to seven point five five at one point. So it wasn't now. even at seven and, and a half. And now I think. And now I think it's like the shirt. I see. I see extra vague. Was that bookmaker as Westgate?
0: Westgate has an eight flat.
4: Well, they're either going to have eight or eight and a half. Westgate doesn't shade. And, so, and
0: bookmaker has minus fifteen on
4: eight. Yeah, all right. So I mean, well, they, they take the biggest bet. So I got to say that the line's eight point oh five now, right? Steam is coming, everyone. <laughs> no, I would. 8, I, will 8. pre- I will predict that steam will come, and it will come eight go come eight and a half tomorrow. And if it does indeed come eight and a half, then all of these ancillary numbers, you might get plus a dollar twenty on the same bet.
0: How was the steam in the Philly game though? In game seven,
4: money poured in. It was also five and, and a, a half at, at Westgate at one point. At, I, 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 I yes. Yes, uh, five and a halfs were easy to pick up at one point. So this was all the way from seven, all the way down five and a half, settled in at six right before kickoff. Now tip off. Tip off. Now Thank you.
0: you. told us you actually bet on Boston. Yes. At the bet at a good number.
4: Yes, I so I, I actually got minus famous, five. You said
0: steam. Come on, baby. I'm. T- I'll, I'll book you at minus one ten. What were
4: you thinking? I. I couldn't understand it. I just I, for the life of me, it's like w- James Harden. I've I've spoken about like like who is betting James Harden in a game seven? I mean,
0: I was looking to bet Philly. Remember, mm.
4: at seven, not at
0: five. Well, I I was I looked at every freaking angle. First quarter, so mm. he, he was was amazing about this. Boston, <clears throat> excuse me, had like five other spots similar, like a real high pressure game at home, and they usually lost the first quarter by like six points. So I'm thinking, but they would win the game. I'm thinking, this is perfect. But then I looked at Philly on the road in t- in big games. They lost by, like, six points. So it was like, there was no mm. way. If if only Philly was even, because w- they were winning the, in the first they quarter. They won the first quarter. Yeah. That's yeah what They are down
4: three at half, and then they didn't come out of the halftime. Yeah, so locker room. It's
0: so interesting. As you dig into this stuff, I do believe, because, like, last thing on this bat in game one. Now, check this out. First quarter. They uh, the, the totals on these eleven games on average were two oh one. So let's assume two hundred or so. Which
4: eleven games now?
0: The eleven games in this first uh, game one trend that I got. Okay, you. yes, right. thank you. But here is here it is first quarter it is about fifty points. So It's right what you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. Third quarter is about forty nine points, and I'm skipped the second for a reason, and the fourth quarter is like forty seven points. So you know you see a little, but here's the thing: the second quarter the score is. The home team, 27.8. The road team, 19.6. So like 50% mm. of the edge to, to the home team and 50% of the edge in the total are all in the second quarter. Interesting. So how do we get at that? Can we, I mean, are there just second quarter bets now? Yeah, you can mm-hmm. play second quarters. What do you think of that? It makes sense Can, can to you me. play team totals in the second quarter? No. <laughs> I'd like to go under Miami. I, 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 yeah. You want to book me, McKenzie?
3: Bet online has a lot of great options for live betting. You can you bet under first half, under well, team total yeah, first he's half? You making
0: a good point. In theory, you, you could, if you're in-game better, you could decide to slide in at the yeah. right point. But um, I got to be honest with you, though. Can you bet? Can you bet? Um, let's say Boston and under for the second quarter.
1: Yes, and you can do. Ooh. Yes. So second quarter line right now. There is a, a... I love America. There's a parlay option on DraftKings you can do... Oh, I don't care about that. Celtics minus two and a half with under 53 and a half, plus 280. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Now, I, you can also do team totals per quarter. So, if we look team at... total, what? Yeah. So, let's look at
0: Guys, second you quarter. You got to get that account loaded up. I've been telling them.
1: <laughs> so, Miami Heat second quarter, mm-hmm. they give you... You can pick your line. But what's the
0: flat? What's that like minus 110?
1: Minus so let's think about
0: it. So we were saying the line was like 101 or something for the game.
1: So 26 and a half, the over is plus 105. The under 26 and a half is minus 140.
4: What kind of what kind of strata are they laying? Say say that, say yeah. the entire thing again. What what are we betting? What what are you type reference?
1: So if you want to do Miami second quarter, yes. And let's just I'm team looking total. for the least amount of juice on both sides, team total. 26 and a half. Mm-hmm. The under is minus 140. And what's the take back? The over 26 and a half is plus
4: 105.
0: Screw so that. A 35 cent straddle. No. 45. Oof. I
4: don't. 35. Yeah, th- it was pl- plus 105. Okay, 25. okay, okay, yeah.
0: I I, uh, I I, like America still, but not as much as mm-hmm. I did before. No. I thought it was better. <laughs> All right. So we'll look at that. But I do think that that is pretty pronounced. This but again, it's 11 games, but. There is a phenomenon in these these playoff games. It's like I've never seen a year that the, the flat teams are flat almost like no team has bucked anything.
4: I I, I think I'm I'm A OK betting Boston second quarter and betting second quarter under. That makes sense to me. But but you can't parlay it. You cannot parlay it. They won't allow it. You
1: can do it at DraftKings. You can, yeah. you can bet this bet why, plus the plus two eighty.
4: But why? Why won't? Why wouldn't a place allow you? To? It's because they're afraid of like the bigger spread games, and they don't want to have to di- different, differentiate which teams have correlations and which which games don't. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's like teams favored by eighteen. They don't want someone like doing the minus five and the over fifty two against them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, I think this is one they should, but they won't.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. But um, I mean, let's be honest, though. And again, this is. Wouldn't you say in general the books are getting more aggressive with these kind of things? Not I mean, Vegas. No? No. They're scared. Well, you make them scared. They're
4: getting, they're getting worse and worse. My buddy, um, Pastrami. Walked into the His M- name's Pastrami? That's his nickname. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, Real name is the eight of clubs.
4: No, that's a different guy. <laughs> oh. That's
2: what it says on his driver's license. Pastrami, right. Ca- right.
4: Pastrami right. came over to the MGM and it's like, they're not happy with Pastrami. Like, you can bet on the app. You can't, we, you can't bet here anymore.
2: Does he call himself Pastrami? Like when he, he talks in third
4: person? No. Not my name ha- for they're him. not
2: happy with pastrami.
1: Yeah, but, but what happened I- when meatball sub walked in?
4: <laughs> <laughs> he has he has a name that's like a food. This is his name. <laughs> so I use pastrami as an alternative name. All right, moving on. Anything else?
0: Uh, well, let's go back to the whole process. Can anyone make the case the process was a success? I I gave some of these numbers. You know, what? there's some numbers
2: I'll give here later. When but I, this work that I did because on you the, guys did
0: some recording. Yeah,
2: yeah. But in 2017, when you would say Philly made probably their biggest misstep in the draft, drafting Markel Fultz number one overall, when they could have had Jason Tatum.
0: And remember, they traded up to take Fultz. Yep. Boston had the number one pick and got like a first rounder the next year for yep. it. So this is like Operation Barbarossa in World War
2: II. So they had won 28 games that year. Over the next three years, their average improvement was 28 games per season. Like they, they,
0: what? How can they average, improve 28, 28, and 28?
2: Uh, no, I'm sorry.
4: Just from the baseline.
2: Yeah, from the from that baseline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they won 52, 51, 43 games okay. over the next three seasons right. from a 28 base. So a massive jump. So the team certainly, and obviously not because of Markel Fultz, no. but at the end of the process, the team went from being the laughingstock of the league to a team that I would say – has been one of the top three or four teams in the Eastern Conference since. So, so how
0: many times have they made the Eastern Conference Finals?
2: Good question. <laughs> that's where the rub is. is they it, like it's, it's one. They say top two. No, it cannot. They cannot be top two. So they're not one of the top three. They're, they maybe are third. Uh, well, no, I don't even think they're third because <laughs> I'd go Bucks, Celtics, and Heat in that time frame have had more success than them. So. But they're probably right, – they're right there ahead of the Knicks. So you're you you you're like the worst team in the league for five years, and what's your prize? Are they ahead of Toronto? You're being better than the Knicks.
0: But, but here's the question. Consistently
2: they've been better than Toronto. If you
0: look at it as the – yeah, I think so. But they didn't get a title. But right. I think if you look at it from a even a 10-year horizon, if you're a random – but this Philly's one of the original teams in the NBA. They're not supposed to be a random team. This was Wilt's team for a long time. Dr. J – Moses Malone, 83 champions, but obviously it's a disgruntled fan base because they boo Santa Claus. we got to keep that in mind. You did mention
2: AI. That could have been uh, tied tie all the way back.
0: So now, <laughs> in the future. In the future. So now so now, my question is, if you're Philly <laughs> and it's a 10-year horizon from, and it feels about right, right? Now back 10 years, and they said they all met in the basement almost like a mob meeting and said, this is what we're going to do. And it's a 10-year plan. Are you in Philadelphia, you wish it had gone better, but can you really be disappointed? Can you really think that has gone worse than I expected or worse than I had hoped? Because Philly would be what, across the league during that 10-year? That's interesting. Mackenzie, take a look. 10 years, just raw
4: wins in the regular season. Where does Philly rank? Google. I think they've exceeded regular season expectations, and they've fallen short. The postseason I
1: think expectations. I think they screwed the whole thing up. I think. I think the system, the process worked because they were able to get the draft picks. They just messed up the draft. They picks. just screwed
0: them up. But that is not intrinsic with draft picks. That's yes, but, but you got to have a better but, than twenty-five percent here. But
2: rate. if I think about the revisionist history when you're in the here, top three.
0: Think about if we go back
1: and we play a game of what if? It's my favorite game. And if we say that the Sixers drafted Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown instead of Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons, and they had those two players with Joel Embiid, this team probably has won multiple championships already.
4: Well, they'd be the Celtics with Embiid. The Celtics (laughs) have gone to
1: five of the last seven Eastern Conference Finals with those players. Now, imagine if they had Embiid. They knows. probably win multiple championships.
0: Yeah, I think so. First of all, I think any Ben Simmons revisionist history isn't appropriate because he was a generational. Like, he was probably one of the five most sought after number ones of the last 25 years. Wouldn't we all agree? Mm-hmm.
2: What's crazy is besides the Embiid year, every year, though the other three years, they picked in the top three. Mm hmm. They got the guy who ended up being the worst player. Well,
0: Okafor, right? Was yep. one of them. Jalil, uh,
2: yeah. Jalil Okafor, yeah. Uh, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz were of the like. If the, you could redraft hey, the top Fultz three, is starting
0: to look pretty good.
2: Yeah, in Orlando. But he's. I mean, he's never going to turn into Jason Tatum. Uh, Lonzo Ball was the second pick in that, in that year.
0: Well, remember the. La- it's funny because you did some analysis, and and the Lakers and Boston have had. Uh, what the most top three? Yeah, yeah. And uh, funny, besides Philly, and the funny thing is, the Lakers cultivated those players and shipped them away for nothing. It mm-hmm. seems like every, like at every turn, Randall being one, Brandon Ingram. I, I mean, so it's kind of interesting. I, I just think in general, you say you got to be more than twenty five percent. I don't know if, if we say top three, let's look back the last ten, or let's think about it. How would we get an even number on 25? So, four. If we look back uh, four years, that's 12. And That'll work. But maybe eight years is 24. Eight, because it's hard sometimes in four years to know how good someone is. Start in 2020. Yeah, I mean, if you just eyeball it. Start in 2020, Zion Williamson, right, John Morant. We'll...
4: Okay. RJ Barrett. <laughs> already it shows the difficulty. Right, so, RJ
0: Barrett's a miss at this point, no
4: doubt. Oh, he's a stud oh come on he's barely a rotation guy I mean he's not even getting time in the, in the crowd. so he's a wait miss. wait RJ Barrett was like going for 19 and a half. yeah points. he's played well this postseason I mean
0: and l- listen RJ Barrett they would trade him for three ham sandwiches. they wouldn't trade but him they, for they Donovan wouldn't Donovan
1: Mitchell. Trade him for Donovan Mitchell they they, they <laughs> yeah. screwed up
0: yeah, yeah well I, I let's just say this amongst well let's ask Mackenzie McKenzie, McKenzie how yeah. good is RJ Barrett he's the 85th best player in the league I think that's way too high. You're saying he's the, better than
3: the third-best player on a team? He's the third-best player on his team. You're,
2: uh, no, he's got to lose. No, no. Who's better? Right. Brunson,
0: like, uh, You're wondering if Brunson's better? No, no I'm saying Brunson, Brun- Randall, Brunson and Randall, and Randall, and him. Uh, you, why, then why isn't he playing during crunch time? Like throughout the whole year, he has, like, mm. Tibbs has not been a fan. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I guess we, we're debating something that doesn't have a tangible answer. Probably fills up the stat sheet, and I'm being biased. Because I mean, of that. the idea that he's the third best on that team, wow, that seems way wrong to me. Well, the guy who was, uh, who's the guy that's a six man was up for
1: Emmanuel the... quickly. Yeah. So
0: you think Barrett's better than him?
3: No, then probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Mackenzie does. Though. He definitely he was, is. I mean, yeah. in the playoffs, he was quickly was probably the most disappointing. Well, first Nick. off, are we talking about the seven games of the playoffs only? I think it's the most telling sample size that we have as analysts. Well, how analysts. about how how did
0: he do in prior years in the playoffs?
3: Take it's it is his first year in the playoffs.
0: Really? Knicks weren't in the playoffs last year?
3: No. Really? And they weren't in the playoffs the year before? Twenty uh, the Hawks twenty twenty one I think that was after uh, he might have been a rookie or a second might year have been there. or he certainly was he definitely wasn't the third best player on that team or even an instrumental player on that team so we don't count that I'll look it up
0: well no what I'm saying is a hundred percent I'll bet you ten thousand dollars against a dollar that he was in the league when they last made the playoffs before this year so now the question is how good was he. Or maybe not, because it's like the, these handful of playoff games for a guy that's the f- third, fourth, fifth-best player, maybe sixth. He, I don't think he's supposed to step up in the playoffs so much. Meaning, if he doesn't, it's not going to be like, oh, he's horrible because he had a bad playoffs. I'm giving him a break. I'm saying if he was okay in these playoffs, all right, maybe.
1: He averages 17 point in, in his two playoff runs. Barrett's played 16 oh. games, 17.8 points per game.
3: So what was the split between the two?
1: In, what do you mean? Uh, Five
3: games and eleven games?
1: Yeah. This year, 19.3 points per game. And like f- 15 before. And 14.4. 14.
0: All right. Um and that's
1: pretty serviceable.
0: I, I guess the question is efficiency, stats. I am yeah. listen When it comes to the NBA, I don't couch scout it. So I don't sit and say, oh, look, he made a good move. I listen to what people I respect say, and he is like almost a throwaway, is what they're saying. Interesting. So, I, I think
2: the safe thing to say is R.J. Barrett as the third pick in the draft is a disappointment.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's bar- he barely has trade value. But they're all any.
4: disappointments now.
0: What do you mean? Moran's oh, right, that, well, a, that, that a question mark, but he's still
4: a very valuable asset. I agree. Right I think he's slight. A Zion's sli- gotta get I, I, think, I think he's a slight disappointment. And Zion's a disaster compared to expectations. John Moran's been an All NBA. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think you can
2: but, say he's a slight I think, disappointment. I think I can now. Well, that, based upon from right when. today.
0: Yeah. So if you were have said last year, uh, beginning of the year, what Moran has done is a huge disappointment. Meaning beginning of this season. Okay. Right. Prior but, to that, he but was a great. Before his draft, he's far exceeded actually. Yeah, but if
2: they redrafted, he would still be a top three guy taken. In he'd be the that first, year. He'd yeah, be yeah, the, yeah, first the first guy. guy. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know who else was. In Darius Garland was. We talked about this on S O V the uh, other day. Darius Garland is the one guy in the conversation. All right.
0: So, but I yeah, I think no doubt there's been a downward trend this year, a, a minimum for the off field,
2: off court stuff. So two out of three that that year, we'll say.
0: It, well, here's the thing: Zion still has a lot of value mm-hmm. right now. Zion could get traded. I mean, could Zion get traded for the third pick in this draft? Boy, you know I'm gonna disagree. I in don't think. Z- I don't think. Z- I mean, think Zion could get traded for the second pick in this draft. No, see, I'd other guys really
2: respect. Th- there's back and forth on who's going to be number two now between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller.
5: Mm. it's like minus one thirty-five
0: and plus one hundred five. Then, then, then maybe he doesn't get traded for the third pick. What I'm saying is, if it was an elite, you know, top of the draft type player that's coming out, even if they're second or third, because sometimes there's more. Of the... I don't know if Zion is gets traded
4: for that. I, meaning, I don't think the team takes him. I I would be shocked if they didn't. All right. Um, I like your ice cream truck with Zion.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know how to solve these. the last time um, I saw him, a year ago, even he was maybe one of the top. 10. You know, that's interesting. Bill Simmons does his um trade value mm. chart. Mackenzie, you mind looking that up for me? Sure. Uh I just see where Zion and where Morant was, and I think the last and give me the date the last time he did. I think he did it in January, so we, it'd be interesting to see where Zion was. And again, this is before or maybe just as he hurt his hamstring or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and then he missed the whole season. Yeah, which, which was a shocker. Zion comes in at number eight, so he was the eighth most valuable contract. And what was the date again? This was February of this year, 2023. Okay. So now the question is how much has there been a downgrade because I would say the sentiment has been drastically different with this injury because it feels yes. like it wasn't a bad injury. But I mean could he possibly fall out of the top 20?
3: I can't see that. No, oh, I think I he can. for sure fall, fell out of the top 20. I, he might have to be out of the is top 20 since February. What now? What has changed since February? We knew he was, he was already hurt in February. Yeah, he was hurt, unlikely to come back in the next few well, weeks. That, that's just not true.
0: I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way that that center that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free 1-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2. And Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase, exclusively at drinkag1.com/rjbell. That's drinkag1.com/rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick Six. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried. You know who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick Six? You're not going against another player or players you're going against the bookmaker you're going against the number that they put up so all you got to do is pick between two and six nfl players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you download DriveKings pick six app now and sign up with code rj that's code rj only at DriveKings pick six the crown is yours gambling problem Well, listen. We'll see. I think the Zion story is going to really evolve over the summer, and we're going to see. You know, coming into next season, what is the expectations? Because you can make the case the Pelicans' deep team. I mean, oh, for sure. I, I, I. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they started the year really hot, right? I, I mean, I wouldn't have been if they would have been in like a top three seed, it wouldn't have shocked me this year. I mean, assuming Zion's held. January 1, they had the best net rating in the league. Is that Zion right? From Jan- so that's, I mean, and that's what? Six weeks into the season, right? Well, yeah. I guess even now, 10 weeks. longer than that. Yeah, 10 weeks. Because I mean, it starts mid-October.
2: You've been, like, was it you or McKenzie who had been the one that, when he's on the court, like, his numbers are so absurd that it's, like, almost to undeniable. This, to this
0: day, if you look at his, uh, I guess, 36-minute numbers, I, th- I mean, at least last as of end of last year he had the highest in the history of the NBA it was like points per 36 I wonder so the on the court he's been probably better than expected but he just hasn't been on the court and I and I do believe this last injury which was a hamstring if i'm not mistaken it was like maybe 3 weeks maybe and then it ended up being the entire season though he was Dunking before games, yeah. <laughs> thinking that helped people, you know, which or made people happy. By the way, speaking of that, Simmons, you see where Ben Simmons tweeted out like some snarky tweet about, yeah, he the Six- posted a
2: picture of the uh,
0: the Sixers game. I mean, what the heck is going on? Yeah. We can't forget how big he was. I mean, it was like he was like going to be the next Magic Johnson. Mm. All right, let's go through the rest of the num- draft
2: uh, next year, DeAndre Ayton.
0: Disappointment at this point,
2: Marvin Bagley the third. Not only there's any discussion, and Luca. All right, disappointment. <laughs> I'm not a Luca guy, but okay, he's good, he's, he's decent. Uh, 2017, Markel Fultz, uh-huh. Lonzo Ball. No, no, that's a success for sure. Jason Tatum uh, uh-huh. up to this point, Tatum success. So, and then the uh, 2016 Ben Simmons, uh-huh. Brandon
0: Ingram, Jalen uh-huh. Brown. All right, so one success there. Ingram doesn't get a success you really for a second pick. I mean, he got given away by Minnesota. I mean, they 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 they, they paid for his plane ticket out of town. Yeah. But he <laughs> certainly had
1: a resurgence, you would say, right? I mean, he's, he's the leading if scorer. It, on the if he was the fi- if,
0: if, but again, the points, the points. I. I w- <laughs>
2: Was he in Minnesota?
1: You
0: no, know, you know. Wait, maybe
2: I'm mistaken. So he's the, the one who would, he went from the Lakers to the the Pelicans. To the
0: okay, no, okay, I see that. So who was I thinking that went from back to the Lakers from Minnesota? The Angelo Russell. Russell. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. He's a disappointment. Can we yes. agree to that? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, you're right. I that mean, was, so He, he was like, got I mean, sent in the McKen-
2: Anthony Davis trade.
0: Let's get McKenzie's thoughts on, I mean, again, he, he's the guy that is deepest in the NBA. I mean, we got to, even as a second pick should be a high bar, but I got to think he makes it, right?
3: D'Angelo Russell? No, Brandon Ingram. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brandon Ingram's an all, I mean, he's a top 30 player in my opinion. All right, well, that's... Yeah,
0: that makes it. You know what we should probably do if we really want to do this is give it one or two points because we can't say... The guy who's on the border is the same, like we're making a decision, it's a zero or a one. But anyway, let's add it up based on I mean, it seems like it's a higher hit rate than we would think then.
2: It, yeah. And especially if you take out Markel Fultz and, and well, Ben would, S- and Ben Simmons. Well, why would we do that? Well, that's what I was saying. When the Sixers, you're asking them to hit it better than twenty five percent. Simmons
0: rate. was going number one no matter who got that pick. So you can't blame the Sixers for that. I get it. Yeah. I mean, you can blame them for Okafor, maybe. Yeah. I mean, who's been their who's been their
3: picks? Michael It'll, Carter Williams, rookie let, of the year, then traded.
0: Yeah. So let's look at let's look at their number one draft picks during the process. That'd be interesting, I think.
1: So you want to go post uh like the year after Embiid?
0: No, I would say let's go when the process started. When they started having top pick like any pick in the last
1: like so the, the, so 20... Embiid was the third overall selection.
0: Okay. Yeah. 2014.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013 they had they picked Michael Carter Williams. 2014, they had two so, top ten. So once picks. he
0: got traded, how'd he do? Terrible. It was a great trade yeah. for them. Okay.
2: Joel Embiid and Alfred Payton, they both took in the top ten in, in 2014. Okay. Number three and number ten overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 2015, Jalil Okafor, third overall. Mm-hmm. 2016, they took Ben Simmons number one overall. They took a French player. Uh, 24th, and a Turkish player, 26th, neither who have played in the NBA. Smart. Oh, TLC plays. He was on oh, the, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're he right. he was on the yeah, Nets. And, yeah. He just didn't play for the Sixers. why
0: did the Sixers use the first-round draft choice and not get his rights? How does that work? I
2: think they traded his rights.
0: Okay, for what?
2: Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just saying. Then Markel Fultz, number one overall. Mm. And the uh, 2018, uh, Mikhail Bridges and Landry Shamit. Uh, number ten and number twenty six.
3: They and had they traded Mikael Bridges to Phoenix. Yeah.
0: They had Jimmy Butler on the team, right? At one point. And they he left. Yeah. He left like mad, but he left mad everywhere. Yeah. Well so, they they
1: chose against him, right? They chose, they chose Tobias they Harris. They chose Tobias Harris instead they of watch, Jimmy gave Butler. A Max deal to him. What right? dumbos. But they could have they chose instead of giving Jimmy the deal.
0: Boy, Jimmy Butler on that team would be interesting who would win. Apparently, Butler lost because I'm sure part of sending Butler out of town, I'm guessing, was Embiid having a preference for the player that wasn't going to be on his ass Mm -hmm. all the
4: time. you got to figure. No doubt. Bridges is awesome also. He never
3: played for them. Never played for Mm. them. So did we get get the win count? Yes, since 2013, Philadelphia has 375 wins. That's 19th in the NBA. Okay, so that's interesting. So now if we say, okay, let's just look
0: at the last five years, because that's when the, the 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 fruits of the labor happen, I bet they're going to be what? Top six, yeah. I'm guessing, six or seven. So that's it. It's an interesting debate. If you're a big losing franchise, I'm not sure it's not a good deal. If you're a winning franchise, it's not. But Philly hasn't been winning, but they're supposed to win. They're Philadelphia, right? They're pedigreed. It's not like they're the Pelicans or Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Who so never be, wins. You should be okay with with um free agents to some degree. But that Tobias Harris, I mean, I even heard in your just even last year there was talk like, yeah, he's maybe better than people think. This year he was just wasn't anything, or how'd he do? Thirteen points a game. Okay. You and your points per game. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> scoring league. Well, no, it's actually no one plays not. defense. No, I mean it's actually not how they think. I mean, that I think is unequivocal, is the efficiency is what people care about yeah. now. Because there's a lot of players that get a lot of points that, that no one seems to value very much. Mm-hmm. But again, how to tell the di de- I mean, I don't know.
3: he didn't do much in the playoffs or twelve and a half points a game. So my favorite analytic, ESPN. I mean, uh, Dunks and threes, EPM. He's one point better than an average player, or he added one point to an average team. Tobias Harris. Okay, what a so, max deal. So that's yeah. about like a hundredth in the in the NBA to give it perspective. All right, that's good numbers. So where's
0: Barrett on that number list? One second. I hope it's below a hundred. No way. I no way. Oh, that's what you think? We'll see. Please, please. <laughs> God damn! I took a beating on Barrett. I want this thing over. <laughs> I mean, if I only debated things I knew, I couldn't lose. I mean, I got to try to do
3: shit I don't know to even it out a little bit. All right, so in the oh, did was you minus c- one and a half. Analytics do not like RJ Barrett. Whoa, yes. yes. What number was it? I I, I haven't counted that. For oh, yet. him a max deal. Oh, wow. All right, pods over, <laughs> yeah.
0: over.
3: Hey, hey. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew I thought that somewhere.
2: That's where you got the numbers I from. Be honest, I was very
0: happy when he said it. I know you were. The joy. He's still counting.
2: Yeah. I hope it's 200 and something. Mac, that would have been a great spot for a lie and just been like, 23rd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three points a game. I might have
0: banged my head. <laughs> <get a> seizure.
2: <laughs> and then after after the meltdown, just be like, I was just kidding,
0: RJ. He was actually yeah. minus. Uh, it, would, it would have been a nice farewell act. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. All right. Let's wrap it. We'll get the Philly number. Do we got the Philly number? One second. I got to double check it. One I know you got to do two. Th- uh, we'll just jump in with that. So... We got I think we're pretty much done except you guys did some stuff that, you know, that
2: doesn't have me. One more thought on Philly. Mm-hmm. It seems like if Ramona Shelburne's reporting is true that the Sixers were basically had to choose between James Harden and Doc Rivers and chose James Harden, which I think is the most absurd thing ever.
0: Well, listen, Doc Rivers in the playoffs maybe has the worst resume in the history no doubt. of the NBA. Right? Right up there with James Harden. Okay, but, but but the thing is, James, the question is if they don't re sign Harden, they don't really have anything. Like, it's, they might be able to do a sign and trade, and maybe, but you lose an asset. I mean, the whole thing in the NBA is not to lose an asset. Once you start, you, remember Apocalypse Now? Yep. Remember when the, he went and was playing with the Tiger and then the Tiger attacked yep. and he ran? He goes, I'm never getting off the boat again. I'm never getting off the boat. And then Martin Sheen comes in voiceover and says, God damn right. He goes, don't get off the boat unless you're going all the way. Mm. Mm. So when you got Harden on board, you were going all the way. All right. Or it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And you know what? Daryl Morey and him have a special, I mean, really a special relationship. They do. Do?
1: Which, so do, we, do we think that? Mike D'Antoni is then going to be the next next coach.
2: Oh, that'd be that make me laugh so hard. I'm just saying, if we're talking he's about Harden like, and 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 Maury relationship, he's listed in the odds as he's like the second, favorite. Yeah, he, he's he's the guy. But apparently, do you think he's a bad coach? I, I think we've seen Mike D'Antoni with prime James Harden fail. I, but again, it's up I,
0: against super teams. I would make the following point: the year they were up three two, and then Chris uh, or Chris Paul, I think it was, hurt his hammy. Yeah, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. that if they That probably that performance made them one of the top 10 teams of the decade, meaning of the entire 10 years, they were better than some championship teams by taking the best team in history by almost all accounts. Here's the thing. Michael, during his era, when he was best, was even money entering the season to win the title. The Bulls never were better than even money. They were minus 180, Golden State was entering the, the first year with Durant, and they were better the next year, minus yeah. 200. So they had two of the, be- the two best teams relative to competition ever, and Houston had them to the wall. That means you have to have a your top team. If you almost because seven game series, you don't mm-hmm. usually beat the lesser team. Usually doesn't win.
4: Houston would kill all these teams.
0: Houston, th- that Houston team wins the title. This oh year, yeah, I
4: think as long as they stay healthy. Yeah, which
0: again, yeah. So I don't know. I, it's hard to look at that Houston as a big defeat. I, I mean, I, like that era. Now maybe I, uh, that series beyond that series I've seen
2: James Harden literally quit in playoff games against the Spurs like I mean
0: there's no one said no one said that he's a perfect but he might be one of the most two or three talented players of the last 10 years but he didn't have the intestinal fortitude but
2: is that James Harden still MVP caliber James no, Harden no
0: but he's certainly a top 25 player for sure okay i mean how many players in the league could have won two games like he, he won two of those three games Himself, in fact, how many players can do that? Not twenty, I don't think. Right? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, again, he's hit or miss. And I hear there's a lot. Again, I know you two have a vendetta. Yeah, it was about the strip. It was about some private room in the strip club, is what I heard. (laughs) Yeah, AJ had to be in like the. He said, "You know who (laughs) I am?" Room, not the back room.
4: You ever hear ESPN
0: Houston mother? Yeah, it was like Harden comes walking out, picking at his beard. I
3: mean, I don't know what he was clearing out. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> all right 76ers have the second most wins in the regular season since 2019 20 season last four seasons bucks have the most nuggets with the third most getting
0: disrespected
3: by many Celtics. so Celtics, wow only the nuggets of these teams have the same coach not the jazz not the Suns. not the bucks now You're not the 76ers that's wild and and the not the Celtics. yep
0: not the celtics not to clear uh, That's it. so let's look at this well
1: yeah the Celtics went from Stevens yeah. to Idoka to now Missouri exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. Gr- did the Grizzlies have the best the same
3: coach I guess I think he's been there four yeah he's been there the whole
0: time alright so let's stop there so we got and Spolscher so we'll stop below. so Clippers One, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams the top 7 winning teams in the regular season how many have the coach during this 5 year span the same one just the Nuggets wow and people don't love Malone until this year. There were wow. some questions. I thought Van Gundy
1: on the broadcast tonight was—he he was talking about their entire coaching staff mm-hmm. and how Never. yes, and how it's like the most impressive coaching staff that he's seen in in a long time, just because of like the NBA pedigree they're all like four, they're all like coaches' sons and like, That's like Hall of Fame coaches' sons.
4: <laughs> the last how many years? Five. Nine games. Oh, nine nine, nine games four. below expectations. Against the spread, Steve Kerr. Oh, who is Nuggets? Okay, isn't that amazing? Yeah, would have lost a bar bet on that one too. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Well, remember, remember the the uh, Warriors had some down year. I mean, they they had had a
4: down year,
3: and this is the first year of that. Yeah, we're looking at. Wow, there was more than one down year, right? I mean, they were like 12th in wins this year.
0: Yeah,
2: but they—I mean—they've been in the Western Conference Finals.
0: They missed the playoffs two years in a row. That's what I thought. Okay. When you miss the playoffs, it's called a down year. If okay. You're the, if, they,
1: a dynasty. Remember or drafting. Remember the- drafting James Wiseman. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> the one bad year. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, but I think they lost to the Lakers in the playing game, right? If I remember, right, yep. another year. Okay. All right. So last call on this part of the pod. Any other topics? All right. So you guys, what? Give a little preview of what you guys did.
2: We go over the Lakers Nuggets game one. We go over this these numbers on the uh, the top three NBA draft picks, mm-hmm. and we go over some PGA Championship stuff. We got a best, best bet from uh, Will Doctor, our resident pregame golf expert. With
0: a name like that, you gotta trust it. Doctor, right? doctor, can't you see him burning, burning? let stop, Fez. Fez, don't try to run people off. There's some good stuff here. <laughs> Listen up. Thanks, guys.
2: So, game one of Lakers Nuggets tonight lands six. What was the final, 132-126. Uh, So, if you were really quick, you were the early bird, you got a a minus five, which minus five, minus five and a half. Yep. Early bird.
4: You know, I'm going to disagree with you. If you were like smokes pot for like 14 hours and woke up hungover and stumbled to a sports book. You got minus five. I mean, yet plenty, yet okay.
2: plenty of time to get minus five. But if you waited until today and said, "Ah, seven and a half is probably good," you're a big fat loser.
4: You know, I checked 18 minutes before the game started, and it was six and a half to seven, with the sharp books going up to seven. Did it go all, all the way to seven okay. and a half? It says on the that's what the screen says. Seven Must and have half. been right, right, right at post. But you know, this goes back to you know, people don't listen to me. That's fine. Well, <laughs> um, I, I, I work with. Betting syndicates. We want a whole lot of money. And we used to make fun of like what we saw out there in the marketplace, which doesn't mean we were right. But when we when, like a game like this, if if you cannot lose this game, you you have to win this game. It's like the Lakers get, you know, the game seven win, and then they um, the money, of course, is likely to come in on the favorite game one on Denver. And if you laid it early, you laid five on Denver, you played or you played a a stale money line like minus two twenty early in the process. Or you went came back and played Lakers, whether it be seven half seven, whatever you got as as post approached, either way you should have won. I'm frankly disgusted. I'm sitting here I won on the game.
2: You should have won on both sides. I should
4: have won on both sides. I didn't give it out to my clients, and I didn't play back on the Lakers. And I'm disgusted. It should have been like a ten thousand dollars scoop, and I won like a couple thousand. So that's like, I didn't win a couple thousand. I lost eight thousand, in my opinion, on this game. It was like because
2: you left it on the table. Exactly, uh, Mac. You can kind of speak to the way that the money moved. What, like, how how long were the openers up, and and when did we really start to see a shift this week?
3: The five and a half to six was about a twenty four hour move, and then it stayed put like a frozen rope, but then Chris Andrews, about an hour before the the game tipped off, said, we're at six and a half, the market's at six and a half, we got a lot of people in LA, here in the city, here in Las Vegas, that like the Lakers, we're not going back to six, we're only going one direction, closed seven and a half at Bookmaker. Oh boy,
2: so yeah, uh, that's certainly interesting that the the late money, I mean, I guess the late money was right, the early money was right, Uh, when you look at it, it,
4: you're right, it should have been hard to lose this game, Exactly. And, in you know, very rarely do games land on the number. In fact, in these NBA playoffs, it's I think two games have been landed within half a point. So everyone's spoken about pick the winner and you pick, you know, you've, you've, against the spread and that's the team that wins. Well, here's an example where the number absolutely did matter. And knowing and being a sharp better, you should have won.
2: It did help that Jokic missed uh, one out of two when he went to the free throw line with 10 seconds left. Shouldn't even have mattered. Uh,
4: Seven but- should have been equally good. Yeah. You no, know, because there was never a reason, if you were like, and and I'll I'll be the first to throw myself under the bus. I went to dinner and I wasn't actively monitoring it before the game started, but if I was, I I would not have. Uh, it was a steady progression. There was never it it, it steamed from six and a half to seven. There was never a fear you're going to lose the seven. There were plenty of sevens and then seven and a half pops.
2: I uh, this morning when I was doing my my prep work for the day. I wrote down on, I have a little notebook where I write down my potential bets. And then I, I usually, most of them get crossed off uh, as the day goes on. And I had three wagers on game one, and all of them got crossed off, and somehow all three would have won. So I'm like you, Fez. I, I probably didn't leave uh, $8,000 on the table, but I probably left like a few hundred. Let's on the
3: turn table. the knife a little bit. Walk us through why you decided not to bet all those three profitable bets. Austin Rivers over. You love the guy, Austin, Austin Reeves.
2: Yeah, I said great he,
3: wing uh, matchup versus the Nuggets. Yeah, us oh, say fifteen.
2: Yes, and I said oh over. And then going into the fourth quarter, you had what twelve McKenzie? Is that what we saw?
3: Yeah, and he came alive in the
2: fourth. But lit him up in the fourth, easy over. I had Anthony Davis points, rebounds, assists over. Well, I think was, his points alone got him clear out. by third quarter. It was
4: easy winner. And then I had written down Lakers plus six and a half. The. Um, you, you know, McKenzie's been tracking the profitable. Um, if you bet every player under, you make a lot of money. Uh, the the premium players, that, I'm going to make a bold prediction. With 258 points scored, I'm guessing everybody went over. Uh, nope, not
3: everybody. Who didn't make it? LeBron James. Depends on the number you got. He had 26. There were 26 and a halves out there, 25 and a halves out okay. there. Mm. Yoke is far over. Dave is far over. Okay. How about Murray. Jamal Murray would have got there, 31 points. Yeah, so it would be three,
2: three and three one and zero oh, or three zero oh oh and one. one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and LeBron with the the late turnover uh, that basically ended all hope for the Lakers. Mackenzie, what is the line for Game Two? Well, and well, let's predict. And how has the let's series predict. adjusted? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's. Are you looking at the screen? No, I can't see. All okay, I can't see this. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> He's that looking at the screen like Aaron
1: Judge is looking at the dugout.
3: I'll go with six. You're pretty much right. I'm looking I, at minus well, well, five and a half, minus fifteen. All right, I guess I
4: don't get the guess. What was your guess going to be? Uh, six point seven five. Okay. Yes, but so you that's you think interesting. Through
3: the bounce back, the Nuggets should have been upgraded because of their dominant, you know, first well, three quarters.
4: Well, <laughs> bookmaker closed seven and a half, so I'm going to call the closer seven point two five. Is that too high? Westgate was six and a half.
3: It's arguable. It's seven, maybe. So if I called seven, I would have made it six and a half. Wouldn't be surprised if it closed there. We're looking at minus five and a half, minus 15, pretty much six. And for the series, Nuggets are now minus 290, take back plus 250 on LAL. So
4: the Nuggets were minus 165? Correct. And now they're minus 2? Minus 290. After winning a game, they're supposed to win.
1: They were up by 18 at the half. Yeah, they were blowing up. Uh,
4: McKenzie, what, what do you think happened in the
1: second half that completely turned this game on its head? I mean, do you Was want it... me to tell you or yeah, do you want
3: the... me to like keep a job in the sports media No, McKenzie industry? knows. I,
1: I, I mean, I'm speculating that the fast start for the Denver Nuggets led to fatigue later in the game. I'm
2: guessing McKenzie has a different answer.
3: No, there's there's some credit to what you're saying. Jokic, you mentioned it in pre-production, It's going to be washed in the—, in the you know, story of this game, but poor, poor fourth quarter. And he looked fatigued, a couple really bad fadeaways in the last few minutes, only scored three points in the fourth quarter, all on free throws. But that wasn't why the game was close. Maybe that's why the Nuggets could have lost, but the game was close because even though the Lakers had slightly less free throws at half, I tweeted out, hmm, surprise, the greatest free throw disparity team of all time happens to be even this game and they're losing by a lot. Well, they weren't even by the end of the game. It was a three to one, 20 free throws to six before the last minute or so down the stretch for the Lakers. I was I was watching the broadcast. I was listening on the radio. Steve, uh, you know, my opinion is going to be biased, obviously. But Stan Van Gundy, when it was a 20-point lead, said, I really don't like the calls they're making. I just, I don't get that call. I don't get that call. What's going on? We wanted a close game. We got a close game. Congrats, America.
1: Yeah, you're right. But I think maybe there is something to learn from this moving forward. And that's take this take the losing team in the second half. Because, especially in Denver, I think, because fatigue comes into play. If a team gets out to such a great start, they're running fast. The pace in the first quarter was incredible. Up and down, up and down. I think so game, many points scored. It, you couldn't you couldn't maintain that for four quarters.
4: By the way, I think I, I misspoke. I said it was game six for the Lakers, so I'm sorry about that. Um, I was just implying that the Lakers series was more, could have gone either way versus the Phoenix series sure felt like it was you know, Dunzo you yeah. know, faster.
1: Well, that's what Mackenzie brought up. He, 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 he Mackenzie was yesterday, I think, yesterday sure. morning, when you talked about how. Uh You bet against the team coming off the game seven, and you said even though it was game six for the Lakers and the Warriors, it felt like a game seven. Yes. So you almost treat it like it was a game seven because of the magnitude of the situation. The winner was going to yes. win the series, yes.
4: whereas you know, Phoenix wasn't going to win that series. Correct. <laughs> they, even even if they won game six, yes. Yeah. So that was the difference. And so, I ma- felt.
1: and so maybe that maybe you know Nuggets first half was. Probably the the best bet we could have made in this game. But
4: we like Nuggets to wear down the other team in altitude, so it's kind of hard to like give. Them I up. love
1: the Nuggets. We were talking last night about doing an alternate spread, betting them to win by double digits. Mm-hmm.
3: Alternate were, in the first they half would have been nice.
1: Eighteen at the
3: half. That would have been nice. Minus, <laughs> plus five hundred probably. Minus sixteen in the first half. If anyone offers by, that. By oh. the
4: way, um, I'm starting to get I'm starting to get a little itchy here. All right? The, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer, like, I, I got into Twitter wars with people. Like, oh, this is, like, completely unpredictable NBA playoffs. And I was like, this is the most predictable NBA playoffs I've ever seen because I'm a zigzag contrarian. So here we have a, a game one complete shootout. If we get a game two over, we're going to s- suddenly see a game three total. I would imagine the game two total is going to be, like, 226. Then we'll see a game three total go up to 229. And it should go down, not up. Mm -hmm. After people see see nothing but scoring and free throws, they will initially look to bet over and the under Game 3. If Game 2 indeed does go over, especially by margin, I will be on that back in L.A.
3: Couldn't agree more. And another factor in that that often comes up is Game 3 is going to be a change of venue. Denver is a lot higher scoring this year and historically than playing in uh, L.A.
1: Yeah, total is 225.5 for Game
4: 2. I think it's light. I think it's
3: it'll it, go up. It'll go up. It's, it'll go everyone up, yeah. just saw that, oh these teams can't stop each
4: other.
2: Anthony Davis is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I mean all we've talked about with the Lakers is best defensive team in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, and then have we talked about that
2: it, in the second half? Yes. Show, it, okay. I, I mean, am I am I wrong, Mac? Like no, it, for sure. Like, they they been, haven't had a
3: good offensive playoffs. They're middle of the pack in all the metrics. They've been dominant
2: defensively, and and for for them to you know. Hmm. To, to see a, a one thirty two get posted in game one certainly uh speaks to this is going to be a little bit of a different series so um yeah that, that, it's going to be interesting to watch how these totals move uh and then the eastern conference final is
4: that do, tomorrow
2: do we get eastern conference finals or do we have to yeah. yes sir and what's it's the be uh, day after day what's the uh, the the most updated line
3: well it 's over with the seventy sixers blew it Boston minus eight for the Eastern Conference Finals game one. Okay. Post in Miami. No,
4: the, the Eastern Conference Finals are, are done. Is, I think the, that's Boston, a fair point. Boston, I mean, <laughs> Boston already won. You know what? But, minus listen, 550
2: looks cheap. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it does, and I'm, I'm not going to say it doesn't, but remember Miami beat a one seed already? Don't care. Uh, and Miami made the Knicks look like they didn't even belong in the playoffs. Like,
4: Don't care. If, okay. if, if, this would This would be like one of the greatest upsets in NBA history. Would it be? Oh, yeah. I mean... I, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I've,
2: I, I'll die on this hill, and when the Celtics win the title, I'll look really dumb. But the idea that the
4: Celtics are, like, some dominant force is so stupid to me. Seattle wasn't that good, and the Dikembe Matombo's upset of them was, like, epic. They were know? in it. It took seven
2: games to beat the Hawks, and then seven games to... And basically... James Harden laying down on the ground
4: to beat the Sixers. Yeah, It like, was
2: like, oh, the Celtics, they're the team
4: to beat. Well, Why? The year they won the title, they won, I think they won all their series in seven games, right? What year was that? That was the year with oh, um, Like 2003? 2008, 2008. And, 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 and like, we're, we're going, that's ancient history. What? That's no. That's, Kevin
2: Garnett and Ray Allen
4: were on he that. He still team. looks like he could play Kevin Garnett. He looks no, good. No, he fan. doesn't. He doesn't. Scott, Kevin Garnett looks good, right?
1: Kevin Garnett
4: is. I mean, good. he looks good compared to us.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I I just don't see this dominant Celtics team that everyone else sees. I, well,
4: well, the every you know, I, I get roundly criticized. You saw my tweet. I said whoever wins the NBA this year has the potential to be the worst NBA champion of all time, and everyone like 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 absolutely went nuts talking about all these Hall of Famers. Who cares if they're Hall of Famers? I'm talking about how good they are now, not how good they were in 2008, like you said. And um, I think that was Kevin Garnett playing against LeBron back We've then. We've been
3: spoiled. The 2005 Spurs, the 2007 Spurs, the 2004 Pistons were like worse than these teams. Like by now standards, by then standards, I agree that we, we're not going to have a Warriors or a Raptors or a Lakers or a Bucks. I think it's probably like a plus five team, plus five and a half team versus a plus seven and a half team. But it's come on. Well, I know be only
4: because only because all the players are bigger and stronger. But relative to their to their the other teams in the league. This team has has like like
3: like power rating wise. Like I can prove this. This is easy. What's your power rating on Denver? And what's your power rating on Boston? Well, I don't have power ratings from the two thousand five. I'm telling you, anybody could have won that finals, and they weren't going to be much better than their competition. The Pistons and Spurs just happened to make the finals.
4: Well, the Spurs were laying like six and a half in Game Seven, so they were so they so they were you know two like three points better than the second best team. And I don't think either Boston or Denver is power rated. A, they're certainly not a six. They might be a five and three
3: quarters. What do you think? You can't use relative power ratings to say how good a team is historically. That's what I do. That that, <laughs> that that's exactly how I evaluate so how good a team are is. Three points better than the Pistons, which may or not be true. I kind of like the Pistons in that game. I remember at fifteen. No, I'm. I'm but I, I I recognize that these guys could
4: beat Bob Cousy, But I'm just saying relative to their competitors, they, they, this is good. Maybe maybe I'll retweet and say these are the lowest power-rated teams versus the average NBA team that I have ever seen. I disagree with that.
2: I, I mean. I I can see that argument if the Heat win.
4: How many games the Spurs? Look up how many games the Spurs won.
3: Irrelevant.
4: Oh, it's irrelevant. They won sixty. You also 60, have a computer, my friend. They won sixty. They yeah. They won sixty one. That was two thousand eight versus or whatever they won versus. Um, you know these teams. You know
3: nobody even won fifty nine games this year. There's been far more absences among star players amongst all players in the NBA. We were talking about this. Why do the playoffs look so different? The seating looks so different now versus historically. Because the NBA doesn't care about the regular season, the memo's out. Oh, the regular season doesn't speak to how good these teams are yeah. from a basketball perspective. That's an excellent I mean, point.
1: Yeah, we can argue that the Warriors, had they beaten the Lakers, we'd be talking about the Warriors as the best team in the playoffs left. Right? I mean, obviously their performance against the Lakers yeah, would that.
3: Yeah, right there with Denver. Right there, lo- yeah. worse than Boston.
1: Yeah, and they were a 44 win team this year that had the worst one of the worst road records of, of anybody.
4: All right, Spurs only won 54 in 2008, 2009.
1: Yeah. I, the, the regular season's meaningless. We know that. I mean, Denver obviously plays hard to throw for the regular season. The Lakers were in the play-in tournament. The Heat were in the play-in tournament. Like you know, the the the, the, the at least the Lakers and the Heat. We could say if this, if there was no play-in tournament, still would have been in the playoffs, right? Because they weren't nine or ten, but still, like they had to play to get into the actual playoffs, and now they're both in their respective conference finals. I think what's interesting, and I know I've brought it up jokingly, but this is the bubble Final Four. Mm -hmm. Like, these are teams that we almost... Well, not almost. I dismissed it. But we kind of dismissed the bubble for whatever it was, right? But that was the start of the run for some of these teams. Like, you can make the argument that was the start of the Celtics' run, right? Like, was it, you could have said also it was the start of the Suns' run. The Suns won 8-0 in the bubble. And they obviously didn't, they didn't advance, they didn't move on, but then look at what they did the next couple of years. They've become one of the marquee teams in the NBA. So you look back, and that was the start of the Celtics' run. That was the start of the Nuggets' run. That was the start of maybe this Lakers' team. And even the seed team. So uh, I think maybe we should be giving these teams credit for maybe not showing up out of nowhere, but they've actually been here. And this is a reasonable final four to expect.
2: Well, Mac, ha- he just handed me some numbers, and I'll, I'll throw it to him to give these out. These are astounding. Uh, McKenzie, what's the rest parameters here? Help me understand exactly, because it looks like Celtics are in a really good spot in game one.
3: Uh, RJ asked me to print these out, so I'm sure he's going to want to talk about them. We probably oh. should talk about them. edit, it. edit, edit. Yeah, just take that out, Sleepy. No problem. Sorry.
2: Okay. Well, then, I guess that's it for... Uh, NBA for now? Yeah. And I guess we can go into the, uh, um... Oh, yeah. The, the lottery. The lottery. Okay. Yep. All right. right. Three. Oh, do we have current win totals for the NBA? Like, for next season? Are they up already? No, no. Those are, those are really late in the process. Okay. Yeah. All right. Three... Two, one, all right. Elsewhere in the NBA, uh, earlier today, as we record this on Tuesday night, a bunch of uh, ping pong balls, or I don't know, envelopes, or some like I don't know what the. Ex- I mean, Scott was explaining the uh, the hockey method. Of oh yeah, lottery. that's just I mean, it's, it's so absurd. strange. Yeah, but there was an NBA draft lottery, and we knew that someone's franchise was going to get changed. This was a big deal. There was a, a generational talent, most people think, in Victor Wimbenyama. and the San Antonio Spurs. Oh,
4: come on!
2: Get the first pick in the draft.
4: That's not fair. Well,
2: deja vu all over again. Yep. Yeah, uh, Spurs, Charlotte gets the second pick. Thank the NBA has got to be thanking their stars that Charlotte didn't get the first pick. They're thanking Michael from accounting. What are you talking about? Uh, Maybe so. (laughs) lucky stars. (laughs) And then Portland gets the third pick, which means the Rockets get bumped to four, Pistons get bumped to five. Uh, And I did some work today on the top three teams in the draft and how they do historically – uh And the numbers were pretty surprising. And so here's what I did: I, I, I took those three teams and the wins that they got, they put them in the the top three of the lottery. Like hey, how many games did you win that year? I did that plus one, plus two, plus three. So how they do over the next three seasons, and then I did ha- how they did uh, on their their win total the next season, the season the season that they draft the, their top three player. And, Fez, what's your guess on, on how this works? Uh, on teams that draft in the top three, do you think their win totals are generally set too high or too low?
4: Let me think about this. It's unclear to me. I really don't even have an answer. I, so my thought was that— There have the, been some busts. I'd say too high, just because the, the, the Portland guy, or the Gonzaga kid— right the adam morrison yeah, yeah. the adam morrison impact so, and the well at, philly's
1: ruined every top pick that they've had so besides Embiid. Embiid but, yeah.
4: <laughs> d- d- just because i, I can remember it seems like there's been more busts than expected so my thought was everybody the UNLV gets excited kid got picked
2: one anthony bennett the, an- the asthma oh, kid he was bad yeah. my my thought was that everybody gets excited about right the top the top players in the draft and everybody thinks this guy is going to change their franchise and I would assume that the win totals would just be set too high on those teams. But we're wrong, aren't we? In going back to 2008, so the last mm-hmm. 15 years, the top three teams in the draft, 29 and 16 over their win total by an average margin of just under two games.
4: Now, let me throw out an alternative theory. Okay. If you have that top pick, does it reinvigorate the franchise, Scott? such that now they you you don't want to tank now that you got a Zion or somebody and you're looking to make other moves to improve your team because you've already got that cornerstone that uh, it's no longer critical to get another top 3 pick.
1: Yes. Um I think it you you got the draft well. That's the thing. It, you can get the picks all you want. I keep I keep bringing up the the Sixers. You can get the picks, but if you don't make the right choices, With the picks, it doesn't matter. The Celtics made the right choices with all their picks. They've been in five of the last seven Eastern Conference Finals and were in the NBA Finals last year. They drafted Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum with the third overall picks in back-to-back drafts. A, A year before that, it was Terry Rozier. The year before that, it was Marcus Smart with the sixth overall pick. So with their top six picks... Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum in three of out of four drafts. That's how you build a team. The Celtics take Markel Fultz and the Sixers, Sixers, excuse me, take Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons, and that's how you fail. But you know what? So yes, you can reinvigorate the franchise, but if you pick the wrong players, it doesn't mean anything.
4: Can we really blame him for Ben Simmons? Wasn't he supposed to be a once in generation like like type of I, player. I, that Ben Simmons
2: is the one I don't I, I didn't like Markel Fultz. I didn't blame him for Ben Simmons. I kind of got it. It didn't work out, but I understood. I'm not gonna like they also took Jaleel Okafer with the third overall pick yeah. one year. Well, yeah. here's the thing though. 2017, Sixers take Markel Fultz number one overall. They they had twenty eight wins the year that they got the first pick. The next three years, fifty-two wins, fifty-one wins, forty-three wins. Like that cha- changed the outlook. Like I'm not saying Markel Fultz did, but whatever you think of the process, or mm-hmm. and I, you know, it, it it put the Sixers on the map. Like it did. Did it get them a title? No, but they've certainly been one of the a top four team in the Eastern Conference for what the last six years, seven yes. years. The well,
4: traje- tra- trajectory was better than say a Charlotte, sure, um, <laughs> type of team, right? I mean,
1: yeah. But it also goes, I mean, they hit on Embiid. If you hit on a generational talent,
4: a future MVP. But if I told
1: you they were
2: going to hit on one out of four of their top three picks.
1: And that guy would eventually be the league MVP, then yeah.
4: That's a good point. You know, it's better to have the league. I mean, let's, let's face it. So Embiid is worth, what, six points to the line? Five and a half? So that is the equivalent of hitting on all four and them being, you know, top, you know, 55 players. So how many wins on
2: average? And this is another interesting thing because, you know, I said maybe we, we overrate these top prospects, and I said 29 and 16 for win totals over. Of the 16 times it went under, eight of those were the number one overall pick. Mm. The other eight were split up between the second and third. So maybe in general – the number 1 overall pick his team gets overrated to the point where it, i mean they were 7 and 8 the
4: zion versus za we got ja that that you know in many ways it's a little you know you can relax a little when you get the two pick because you know now if if it's unclear Oh, unless you're taking, you know, not taking Jordan. <laughs> so, they've the, taking the, you know, the, the... Sam Bowie. Yes. The team with the first
2: pick, 7-8 and eight in the last 15 years to their hmm. win total. Second and third picks, 22-8 and eight to the over on their win total. Well, i ask you right so, now, are
1: you going to bet over the Spurs next year?
2: No. No. Based on this work, I, I'm not betting over on the Spurs. And, like, the Spurs are... They're going to have... The Spurs will have the highest win total of these three teams. Spurs, Charlotte, and Portland. And they're not—they're not the best team. That's like, a, a,
3: a team that's basically devoid of talent right mm-hmm. now. Um, so the Blazers were forty and a half. The Spurs were twenty-two and a half to start last year. I'm going to say the Blazers still have a higher win total than the Spurs to start next year. You might be right on the Blazers,
2: but the, the Spurs will have more than Charlotte, right? Yes, yes. And the, and the Spurs will have way more than the Rockets or uh, the the um, the Pistons. And in general, right now, like take Wimbenyama out of it. The Rockets are way more talented because the Rockets have had top picks in the last two drafts. So they had the second pick and the third pick in the last two seasons. Now they're going to add the fourth pick. Like, just on paper, the Rockets are a more talented team. Spurs will have a higher win total. So, yeah, I I, – I think
3: the, the number one overall pick may just be, it may overrate a team. So, what's two and three if we just ignore all number ones? What's the record for overs the next year after they get a lottery ignoring the number one overall? 22 and eight. That's nice. That's a good number because uh, it's, it's seven and eight for
2: the one seeds, 22 and eight, or, or seven, and, seven and eight for the number one pick team, 22 and eight for the number two and three team. Uh, the year after, so next season, the average. Improvement in just pure wins. So if you're saying how many more how many more games are they going to win next year? The average for the teams that pick in the top three over the last 15 years plus 9.6 wins. So it's I mean it. There is a jolt when you get a guy like this, and I'm sure I mean the Spurs will probably win nine, ten more games than they did a year ago. The problem is their win total will probably be set. 12 higher, 13 higher than it was this year. And
4: the damn season lasts so long. You yeah. do get your money back. How many of those? For nine months. Are
1: those nine point, I feel like, can we eliminate this year from this? Because Chet Holmgren didn't play this year,
2: but the Thunder. They were still 16. I would say the Thunder better.
1: went clearly over their window, but it had nothing to do with the top pick.
2: Uh, I don't know that that's true, though. Because sometimes when you get a player like
3: Chet Holmgren, you're te- like you build Goes your team. Goes back to what Fez different. was saying. Yeah, you end the cycle of tanking. All right, now we're actually going to win some games this year. Mm, there's no reason to tank because you got the player. Yeah, yeah.
2: But all three teams this year were were better than they were a year ago. Uh, the 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 Magic won 12 more games. Thunder won 16 more games, and even the Rockets won two more games than they did a year ago. Uh, and then over the over the next three years, after you pick in the top three, on average, you win over 14 more games per season in that three-year span.
4: Might it just be the cumulative effect also of you know, take the extreme example? So Jordan's coming in, so maybe I got to do a little less cocaine and actually like you know, like stay in shape for the season. Like like having a having a guy come in that's a top three player. It should reinvigorate reinv- the, the veterans and the people that are aboard, would, wouldn't you think? I would think so. I mean, I, but again, the, it's so hard
2: to tell now because the regular season just seems like it doesn't matter at all. And if you're
4: and 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 this isn't gonna this is gonna make things worse. The results this year, the the the, the, the uh, success the Lakers are having, the yeah. success Miami is having. Well, it's like why did M Emb- why is Embiid averaging 33 for the for the year, and then he gets banged up. What what are we doing?
2: And this is interesting to me. And Mac, you tell me if you agree with this. We I mean we've talked about how the regular season matters less and less than it ever has. To me, it matters less and less to the teams that know they're going to be in the playoffs to teams like Orlando and Oklahoma City the regular season matters way more like this is this is what they're this is how they build like success to them is measured differently than success for the Golden State Warriors or the Denver Nuggets winning a bunch of regular season games doesn't mean anything to those teams cuz that's not what they're trying to do like the magic know they're not going to win an NBA title this year so what how do they measure growth they had the number 1 pick well, let's go out and, and show vast improvements. They won 12 more games this year. It's a big number. That's, it
3: says, hey, we're going in the right direction. Do you agree, Mac? I do, and the smoothing out of the lottery process does help it where it doesn't really matter if you're the worst or the fourth worst, although the Spurs did have the best odds to win it, and they did win it. I'm reminded of something <laughs> that my cousin says, which is four or five teams really want to win it every year, and the other ones just want to sell tickets and you know keep the business going. It really helps the magic to have a rookie of the year. It really helps them to score... More than a hundred points a game to not be the worst offense in the league by a mile, so yeah, there's other priorities that the playoff teams don't really care about. They're waiting till spring. The teams in the middle, I feel like, actually have more to to grapple over. Does
2: this feel like? I mean, we Mac, you and I talked about it. Had Charlotte gotten the number one pick, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think the star power of Wimbanyama is <laughs> limited instantly. Not that San Antonio is like a flashy market, but they, he's. You could argue that they. I mean, well, you can't even argue. He's he's with the most accomplished coach in the league. Mm-hmm. He's with a franchise that's got a bunch of rings yep. in recent history. Like it could be like a resurrection of a franchise, which I think instantly people get excited about.
3: We've seen this before. David Robinson, a top fifty player all time, got hurt, had a little ankle, couldn't play. The GM Greg Popovich was like, "That's fine. Sit down. We're cool." Actually, I'm gonna be coach next year, and we're gonna draft Tim Duncan, and we're gonna win five championships and win sixty games every (laughs) single year. So it seems like deja vu all over again. This doesn't seem like a coincidence. When there was two teams left, I was very confident it wasn't gonna be the Hornets.
2: Oh yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not saying there was like a frozen envelope. I'm just saying it could have been San Antonio, it could have been Portland, it could have been Houston. Highly unlikely (laughs) it was going to be Charlotte.
4: You know, I get highly unlikely. it, it, it's easy to say all that, but I, I I think RJ once went through and he like he made a case for why like all but two of the teams and I, I get it. Charlotte's one of them, you know that <laughs> the, 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 you could say oh conspiracy theory the NBA wanted Houston to you know have the top pick etc. You know across the board. Um, I, I mean come on, it, it, it's not 1995 anymore. You, know, you they've got they've got you know CPAs and people monitoring all this stuff. The integrity is so critical to everything. Come on, there's 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 no shady. that's going? If I vehemently said, disagree,
2: what are the three worst markets that you could put a massive, massive NBA star in? Charlotte's certainly in that top three. Sure. I I don't know. I mean, maybe is Utah one of them? Yes. And probably Sacramento.
4: Definitely Sacramento. Is that the three? Um, Did you say Orlando, Memphis. Is Orlando worse than Utah, or Sacramento? I guess
3: Shaq worked in Orlando. Memphis Disney is World. Memphis is small,
2: right? Memphis is small, but I think it's a good NBA market. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Jaws, Jaws seems to be working pretty well in Memphis, besides, you know when he's on the team. <laughs> yeah, when when yeah, when he's available. Uh um, Indianapolis? Indiana's a pretty bad one. That's that you're right. It's it's
4: up there. So, Scott, I'm thinking about crappy cities I never would want to live in. No shrimp cocktail
2: Saint San Yeah, I'm not going to clown. I, I don't hate Indianapolis as much as Fez does. He thinks
4: it's a terrible place. There's but. no
3: body of water.
4: What's up with that? You know that that's the Kurt Vonnegut line, right? Yes, yeah. it's the largest city in the in the United States without a navigable waterway.
2: I like it because it's everything's right there. You Everything. never have to go outside. Yeah, I mean it's very yeah. You can just walk through. Oh, tunnels it's great and, for a media the, guy. Yeah, it's like it. Well, that's you, well, that listen. That's why the NCAA tournament is there every four years.
1: Well, yeah. you'd love
4: <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd love Minneapolis. You know, I, I was they're building the sphere, two billion dollar sphere. And so I was watching. There's like these walkways, and they're not completely covered. But there's a walkway between the Win and the Sphere and the Convention Center. And I'm like, oh, it's just like Minneapolis or Indianapolis. They're uh, they're, they're they're taking a queue, you know, having people walk over the roads instead of you know getting right. Are you gonna over. go there for you two um, to the Sphere with or without you? Okay. Yes. You know, it'll be without me. Uh, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a U2 guy. You just don't I, understand the music.
2: I guess not. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm a commoner. Uh, so there you go. Uh, some. Some interesting work. And again, I. I'm probably going to look at Charlotte and Portland's win totals uh, th- this off season. One of the things that your win, their win totals over, over or under? on Charlotte and Portland mm. and probably under on San Antonio although that's been like a 50-50 like 7 and 8 isn't super strong 22 and 8 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. for the the 2 and the in the 3 pick that that feels good uh Mack, you, we were talking about the, the like the mock drafts that came out instantly after and most mocks for the for the longest time it seemed like Victor Wembanyama was the guaranteed deadlock number 1 I think he still is minus twenty thousand. Okay, and then for the longest time, number two was Scoot Henderson, but in minus one forty right now to be the number two pick. Yes. Okay. In recent weeks, I've seen a lot of push for Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller, even money from Alabama, or plus one hundred. Some people like to say (laughs) Brandon Miller from Alabama (laughs) to be the number two pick.
1: And those are the only two players, by the way, because Eamon Thompson is plus three thousand.
2: Yeah. So it puts Portland in a weird spot if, if let's say, Charlotte takes Brandon Miller, and that leaves the clear-cut number three being Scoot Henderson,
3: and he plays the same position that Dame Lillard does, what does Portland do? really hope that Brandon Miller is available to them at three because um, I feel like they're bought in, they're sold, they're a Damien, Damien Yillard franchise till he goes, yeah. till he retires, and it doesn't work. We saw the Kings, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll fall in love with a big because the Kings, when we saw how successful their season was, everyone and their mother, I think it was minus 400, said Jaden Ivey's too good not to go at number four. And they're like, we don't need a guard. It's not going to help us. So they got the best power forward available and it worked out for them. Maybe the Blazers, if they can't trade out of it, will have to do the same. Yeah,
2: that puts them in a weird spot because if, if like if we say there's one, you said what's the gap? What's the gap between the uh, the, t- the second and third, and then the fourth?
1: Yeah, so the second overall pick odds: Scoot Henderson minus one forty, Brandon Miller even money, Eamon Thompson plus three thousand.
4: I have a serious question: Did people actually watch this? Because the like, lottery? Yeah, because I have like I have like zero interest. I am, I, I, am I'm on an
2: island. Aren't I, I? watched like no, you're not on an island. I watched like a tracker that like uh that was I didn't mm-hmm. watch like uh, the
4: broadcast, I just saw a tracker of when they were popping up. Why um, would they do this during the season? Why wouldn't they, they do this like during like like and you know, after the NHL
3: playoffs are over and it's like a dead time and everyone hates baseball? Because people are waiting for the Lakers game to start anyway. If you're an NBA fan this Mike is part of the pregame on. show, yeah. but, the, but the NFL the did it also. But the NFL
4: is great at like scheduling an event every seemingly the, every. The, month. the
1: NFL draft order is already determined when the season's over. This is now determining it by it. it you make an event out of the lottery. The NBA and the NHL have, have done a decent job of making the draft order a, 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 another event.
4: Bold, bold prediction: Within five years, the NFL will have ping pong balls. And in some extent, they can't have t- the, the the integrity of people, you know, tanking for Tua. They they just can't.
3: As a Jets semifan, fan, what do you think about that? Because the Rams Jets, or was it Rams Jets? Who's that? Oh, Jaguars Jets, obviously. Yeah, that was a, that was probably yeah. the worst game in Jets history, and they won.
1: The the Jets won, which uh, prevented them
3: from getting Trevor Lawrence and added Zach Wilson to their roster. Yep. But teams are going teams are getting a closer and
4: closer to being savvy enough to find creative ways to lose as long as Lovie Smith is not coaching them.
3: Yeah, right. As long as you coach, your coach is down with the cause and doesn't know he's going to be in a different city next year, it works out.
4: Why wouldn't he be down with the cause if he, if you if you had a united front, you know? Exactly. But the problem he is he was going to be get fired yeah, the came out of the before the Yeah,
3: because because he's only won two games
4: and most two, <laughs> two win teams fire their coaches. Good point. I also wonder what it does
2: for the what it does for college basketball when like four of the top six prospects in this year's draft. Didn't play college hoops, so it's a bunch of G oh, league college, guys and college,
4: college basketball, basketball is just atrocious. Forever. The the, the, yeah. the quality of play is so terrible. Yeah. The
1: past few years have changed the game completely. It's just, the, the, the G league changing its rules, which I I've been in favor of, of for years of G league reform, allowing kids to just play right away. Like so, it's yeah. College basketball is going to go to the ways of it's going go to go the way of college baseball soon. Like no one cares about college baseball because players get drafted out of high school.
4: Oh, no, I'm going to disagree, just because the, the quality of play is lousy, but people still love the tournament. It, but but it's going to become more and more tournament-driven. Yeah. Um. But that event has just become, you know, such a, a spectacular event. Who cares if anybody's any good?
2: Well, and the guys who, like, you might think of as, oh, the good college basketball players, nobody's interested in those guys. There's a, uh, a guy named Bobby Clintman who... Came off the bench, played 20 minutes a game for Wake Forest this year, 5.3 points per game. Every mock I see right now hasn't projected as a first round pick. Never heard of him. That's what I'm saying. I never heard of half these guys. He would he was the eighth in he was eighth in minutes on Wake Forest, and he's a projected first round pick. Like
1: what did Adam Sandler take him to the combine?
2: I I don't know. Mackenzie, huh? Eh, he's McKenzie, eh? he's a, six foot ten, three movie. Hustle? You know? Yep, we've
3: seen it. Yeah. Bo Cruz? You
4: know, make it makes. I'm st- just now getting it. I'm I I'm I'm not a, a talent evaluator, but I you know, I gotta tell you, like you get a you get a player, I'll use Obi Toppin. All right. So I'm a Dayton Flyer fan, so Obi Toppin is the greatest college basketball player in the history <laughs> of the world. All right, the Dayton Flyers, okay. who are never sniffing more than a seven seed, all right, ever. Even though they're great, they're great teams that you know that made the, the elite eight. Um, they are pulling upsets and beating Ohio State and Syracuse's and of the like, but um, they don't. They never a top thirty team ever, and they're going to be a one seed with Obi Toppin. He was the greatest player I've ever seen. Literally, he had dunks during the game that would have won slam dunk contests, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like against St. Louis when they're up 25, and he can't play a lick in the in the NBA. It's the most crazy thing ever. He barely gets any PT yeah. for the Knicks. The Knicks.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's weird now. It, it's weird to try to figure out who are the the prospects who who aren't uh, because the guys who you might think of as prospects don't necessarily get playing time in college. Um, because they're not going to help you win basketball games. They but if Devin you,
3: Booker is sixth man, another example. Yeah,
2: it is. If you measure out the right way and that Clintman, and when you talk about a six foot eleven three and D guy, it's like some some scout looks at him and says, I, I can make an NBA player out of him. Uh, whereas the guy who might be the best college basketball player isn't always. I mean, it could be Tyler Hansborough. Like, uh, yeah. it could be. You could be Doug McDermott. Yeah. playing in China, you or, know? or uh, who's the kid from? Uh, hey, he played for
3: the Spurs last year.
2: Who's the kid from BYU that was? Uh, I can't think. Uh, Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette. Oh, Jimmer, Jimmer Fredette playing. Man, he was, was him, him
3: playing
1: in. Uh, I, maybe that's that's who I'm thinking of playing in China. Was Jimmer there a dead. more
2: dominant college basketball player at that point it than Jimmer Fredette? It was thing, like a beauty, and he. Can, I mean, he couldn't even make it in the league for two years. Like he was washed out. Like you talk about Obi Top. He's on a roster. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, my bad for compa- for for mixing up Jimmer Fredette and Doug McDermott.
2: Yeah, like you think all white guys are the same, Scott. And I'm quite frankly, I'm sick of it. It's uh, <laughs> it's really getting old. Yeah, Jimmer
4: scored a lot on the inside. Yeah, well, McDermott didn't.
2: Yeah, uh, so there you go. Uh, some some stuff on the NBA draft. Which uh, when is the NBA draft, Mac? What's the, uh, the Thursday, date
3: on that? June 22nd. Okay, so we right got right after the finals.
2: We got a little bit of time, so we won't uh, won't get too deep into that now. But uh, San Antonio, we kind of know who they've got. PGA Championship, the second major of the year, takes place this weekend. Well, this week, starting Thursday. And uh, Scott and I got a chance to talk to Will Doctor, pregame's resident golf expert. And after talking to him, I placed a little wager. And Fez, I, I know you don't like needle in a haystack bets, where you're trying to pick one guy out of a million. Generally, I get it. Not the smartest move. How do you feel about playing guys like top 20? Uh, that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go Tony Finau, top 20. You can get him at plus 108 to finish top 20. Uh, Will was trying to convince us top five, and he's finished top five in the last two tournaments. Uh, Will was saying you need a guy who can hit it long and a guy who can putt and like make putts that are less than 15 feet because apparently there's very small greens at this course. And he checks both those boxes. So I'm going to go Tony Fee now to finish top 20. That's a wager I made. Is that is that a bad call, making these top 20 bets
4: where you've got a, a few more needles to find in the haystack? Let me ask, if you bet he wouldn't make the top 20, what would you have to lay? Because I, w- I want to know how much vig is in the market. If if, if the no is like minus one thirty, then you're getting a normal minus one ten pricing, adjusted a little bit to keep preserve the five the four point five four percent house edge. Yeah. And so now I'm 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 loving it. Like that's the way to uh, rock and roll. But that's Don't... not how most books do it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think most books are probably dealing in minus th- those markets minus one fifteen. But the problem is, unless it's close to pick them. So I love that you're betting the top twenty. Like I'm sure if you bet the top ten. Now you're looking at like the the garbage plus two forty lay minus three three ten seventy cent you know bid ask differential plus two twenty to finish
2: top ten and what's the minus what's the no though uh looks like uh, uh, kind of what like you were saying like minus two eighty
4: yeah I have no interest in trying to like win playing into minus two eighty plus two twenty books worth it. so think about this if the book if you ask the book well, what's the no vig on this and one book says I think it should be minus two twenty five plus two twenty five. Another book says I think it should be minus two seventy eight, plus two seventy eight. Even though they're fifty cents apart, yeah, they're both fine. You know, you're still not. As long as the answer lies somewhere in between those two, there's no good bet to be made when you're laying into that much juice.
2: Well, Will's uh, best bet is a bet to
5: place, and uh, I'll let him go ahead and give it here. My best bet for the week is going to be exactly who we had last week uh, as our best bet. It's Tyrell Hatton. The to top 10 at plus 350 on DraftKings. He was my best bet that cashed a week ago at at the Byron Nelson. I'm going to roll with him again simply because he hasn't finished outside the top five in, uh, in his last two starts at the Wells Fargo and Byron Nelson. And you look at his PGA Championship resume. This is an excellent major championship golfer. 10th at Baltistral in 16, 10th at Bell Reve in eighteenth, and then 11th last year at at Southern Hills, and, and that is a product, Scott and AJ, of of the position that Tyrell Hatton puts himself off the tee. He's he's great with the driver. He's ninth in total driving on the PGA Tour. And at the current moment, he is on all cylinders of his game, 11th in approach and 19th in total putting. So he's virtually top 20 in every statistical category. He's coming in here, world number 17. Um, and as long as he keeps his temper under control, you can see Tyrell get Hatton get hot every once in a while. Um, When you miss a fairway around Oak Hill, I mentioned the rough is four inches and higher. If you happen to miss a fairway, you got to take your medicine. You got to punch out and kind of play for your third shot. Um, I like his fiery fiery energy in major championships. I think he has a great week. Uh, So my best bet is going to be Tyrell Hatton to top 10 at plus 360.
2: So there's Will with Tyrell Hatton, top 10 uh, at plus 350. So uh, it, it seems uh, – I'm looking at the market now. and at, Well, yeah, it's already it's, – it's, it already looks like it's got value because it's already pushing down around 330s, 320s. Mm-hmm. So uh, good for Will uh, on that call. And, of course, his podcast on the PGA, he does a deep dive on it. You can hear that right here on this network. So if you haven't, you should listen to that uh, before tee off on Thursday.
0: Hey, are you guys still here?
5: <laughs> what the heck?
0: All right. The pod's still going on. Fez, take us out. I mean, these it's late. Hey. Hey. Let's be careful out there.